Good afternoon. Um, welcome back to Power of Three. Um, obviously, you guys know by now. My name is Dorothy. And Sana. And Stephanie. And today we have a special guest today. Um, as mentioned in the last episode, we said that we would be bringing on a special guest. That is our adopted mother. Um, and we're going to refer to her as the source. We call her the source. Um, and in this episode... Um, it's not going to really be in sequence. I know we left off living in Ohio and moving back to California, but in this episode, we're just going to let our mom speak freely about her experience um, and how she felt, you know, our life came to be when we started living with her and um, just from her perspective. So if you have been following along, I want to mention again, this will not be in sequence. This will just be a recap of all the episodes, I guess, we've already discussed. Because honestly, you guys, um, after we get back from Ohio, um, there's no more change for us as far as location goes. No. We stay in a space. Um, our mom, at the best of her ability, gave us as much stability as she could at 25. So we didn't move around really a lot after we got back from Ohio. That was basically it. So we have no need to like continue in this like sequential like timeline. Mm -hmm. We can kind of just let um, our mom talk about all the random experiences and things we went through in mm -hmm. those seven to ten years that we stayed um, in the hood. And I think it's important too to let her highlight things because. As we start talking in this podcast, Sana mentioned, we're going to say appropriate things and we want her to speak to her own character, mm -hmm. kind of, because we don't want her to be judged. And if she is judged, I want her to be able to explain mm -hmm. her perspective. We can't speak for anyone, to be completely honest. Yeah. And um, Stephanie, I know we were talking about this, but um, this is technically going to be the last timeline story episode we have. Because the mm -hmm. rest of the episodes, we'll be talking about topics that affect everyone. Mm -hmm. And we'll be jumping in and out of our life in yeah. those episodes. Because, honestly, it's not really um, anymore. There's a lot of traumatic stuff that's still going to happen mm -hmm. in our stories. But we'll bring them up when they relate to the topic. Right. So that's the way you'll be getting the rest of our story. And we didn't think it was it would do any justice not to have our mother come on the episode for the last timeline story. So I'm so, I'm excited. so excited for you guys to meet her. I love her soul. Okay, so um, let's let her start. Um, well, Stephanie's going to say something. But. I just want to say that this is probably one of my, it's going to be one of my favorite episodes because this lady is everything to us. And um, she's looking a little grumpy right now, but that's just who she no, is. No, I'm not. Uh, Mom, actually, you want to go ahead and touch on Oh, what actually, you, yeah. yeah let's that's that's the way to introduce that's them. that's actually a good situation A good situation. Right now, especially with, with the political, not the political climate, the climate as far as, like, women and bodies. Yeah. So, oh, because we're going to have a whole woman and bodies yeah, episode. So Mom, yeah, why don't you talk? Well, first of all, I'll just kind of help her. I, as you guys know, I kind of touch bases on this a little bit. I currently reside in Florida. Um, so when I come home, it's usually just to, like, hang with my sisters, my family, or there's some type of family event, or there's tragedy. A funeral. 
Um, yeah, so. there's never been a family event that she's well, came on. No, not this year. No, <laughs> last year, mom's Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. So party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. This year just was not that. 2020 is definitely canceled. Um, but no, so I'm here in particular now back home in Cali um, because my mother just had a weight loss surgery. You want to go ahead and talk about that, mom? Are you okay? Comfortable talking about that too, mom? Because yeah. we don't want to put oh, you on the spot. No, no, no. Okay. 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 No, I just wanted to yeah. make sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I need to just explain how you guys got the name power three. Oh, we oh, oh, cause I, I don't remember this. But so, Sana, yeah, I, this I definitely remember this. Yeah. She um, people me. never understood why I had a whole bunch of kids in my house, but like I just told Stephanie, like I had to to intervene with Dorothy and Sana because if it was just us in the house, it was argument after argument with those two. So they're in the living room and it's just us. I think it was like a rainy day and I'm I'm in my room because we don't watch the same things on TV at all. Mm-mm. Um, And I hear them out there arguing. I don't quite know what the argument is about, but they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And Stephanie, of course, just sits in the corner and just looks. And then I hear Sana say, well, okay, well, fine. We're going to take this to the source. And I'm just like, oh, God. So when they come bust in my room, I want to pretend like I'm asleep, but it's too late because Sana's already screaming. And I'm like, okay, so... Dorothy is just going off. She's proving her point. She is proving her point. And then Sana comes with something just random. I don't know. And I said, if y'all don't get y'all power three out of here. And they was like, okay. Well, Sana walks out and she was like, well, the source didn't say anything. So it's over. And then they leave. And I'm just like, so ever since then, they've been the power three because the whole family heard us, me calling in the power three. And everybody just laughed because y'all don't know. The arguments was real at our house. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. and yeah. they going to debate each other down. So like, I'm just like, this day. they going debate yeah. each other down and it's just like nobody is gonna win and i'm not choosing because then one of them gonna be mad at me so i'm just not gonna choose so that's how they got their name she still doesn't choose and you know right. it's funny because even to this day we were like going through a list of topics that we're excited to talk mm-hmm. about with you guys and we have now gotten to the age where we're okay di- agreeing to disagree yeah but yeah. before me and dorothy had to have the last word i mean i still said yesterday to son what are you talking about yeah but, but it's it was my just opinion. more from a person different perspective that I have because I was living the life she was talking about if that makes sense but that's a different but yeah that's that's a different can't wait debate but but agreeing to disagree is like something we barely learned as adults because when we were kids our mom was right like we would debate to debate like there's not gonna be a winner we're just gonna debate us three the power three like Sometimes, even I notice with this podcast, it's like I'm always just kind of like just sitting there, and then like I figure out when it's okay to jump in. But I think I think you have opinions. You just don't care either way. Sometimes I don't feel like. But no, I think like I think me and Sana have a lot of dad in us, Mm -hmm. and you're like our Our birth mom. mom. You're just very quiet and mellow. And I'm realizing that as we get older, that this is like just who she is. Stephanie, if it's something deeply affects you, you are like yeah, you do say something. But if it's like an opinion about a hypothetical situation you have no energy you don't you really (laughs) to be perfectly honest you really gotta watch the show because if you watch the show you would see exactly what i'm talking about even when they remade it like the two sisters were always arguing and other one will always just sit back and be like oh okay whatever because those two ones are just so headstrong are we talking about actual charm they're really like that like so the show like that's the only way that i can describe it because even when they would bring their mother in who was like uh dead at the time but she would come in she would be sitting there looking at me looking like me because i just look sometimes (laughs) like i'm really done like i don't 
Because they're just headstrong. So, so that's why I had a lot of people in my house all the time. People would never understand that because they had their own group of friends. And Sana would be with her friends. And Dorothy being with her friends talking about Sana and her friends. And Stephanie would just be Or be chilling. our cousins. Dorothy yeah, being one Dorothy, of my cousins. And yeah, I, didn't I really didn't bring my friends over. No, like, talking about, she's talking about like Belinda. Oh, yeah. well, that, that didn't happen until I was like in but high school. But it was like, oompa and them would be yeah. over there with you and y'all. You heard yeah. Sarkeesh should be in the room talking about everybody. That's what they did. So let's know? jump into the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, So... Oh, my ba- surgery. Yeah, yeah, basically the surgery. Okay, so um, my weight loss surgery. Um, it was it's something I've been thinking about for years, just because like I've always had like um semi medical issues. I mean, I wouldn't really compare my issues. I never thought my issues were big because my sister's issues to me were always huge. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't compare. I didn't never think that my issues was big. It seemed like everybody in my family thought my issues was big, but I didn't because naturally I was healthy. Like, Is it you know, fair to say that um, our aunties? medical issues were more life-threatening yes. so they overshadowed the little issues you did have concerning your weight well i think that more or less everybody felt like because i felt like trinisha's issues were life-threatening that i didn't care about mine it wasn't that i didn't care i just didn't feel like mine were as big i didn't That's really fair. think about That's them fair. and not and not only that you have to think about it like you're at a point where that's why you guys last episode about voting is so true because that's what I learned at 18 because at 18 they kicked us off of Medica with our mom because you know well my birth mom was also my adopted mom so we got kicked off of Medica so at the point who would care about their medical issues if you can't afford it like that's, that's you know, uh, come on that's you know true. so mm-hmm. you, if you can't afford it what can I do there's nothing I can do but let this go on my credit and keep it moving and mom we also mentioned in previous issues that the way you grew up you guys were taught to get up and get out there so at right. 18 you also had your own apartment right you're already working and, and do you agree with that now as a, your own well, parent as a parent i don't i agree with the point the some of the things that my mom did do like making us very very we were independent mm-hmm. but in some ways it tortured us because my mom was educated. She went to Pepperdine. So, therefore, I feel like... In, but she lived in a harsh reality where she came from the projects of L.A. And... But... So, she made us too independent to the point where we didn't think about college. Where we... That stuff wasn't thought of. Like, only thing that we could think about was is getting out of her house. And, getting, and getting on and getting a job. And that's not what you should raise your kids. Your kids need to be raised just like any other family and know that college is an option. But... That wasn't for me, and so I put all my eggs in one basket of going to job court, and that didn't work out. And after that, I was just a little bit lost for the simple fact, like, you know, those when the issues start arising because you're stressed, you know. So high blood pressure does come to you because you're stressed about how I'm going to make my next move. And one kudos I want to give to you, um, because we said that in another episode, too, we said that how you, our parents made us really independent out of tragedy. Mm -hmm. But you piggybacked out of that and made us independent in life. And we used to think, like, we used to sometimes think about some of our friends, like, they're not independent enough. Like, mm-hmm. they're not. But really, they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, like, worried That's about kids. school. Mm-hmm. Right. But I want to also give kudos to you, too, on this one thing, because one of our aunties used to always tell me is, you guys are lucky. Your mom allows you to dream. 
our mom didn't you know mm-hmm. she we didn't have that privilege yeah, right to do like, you to think do that, that the independence when you're younger it sucks and it hurts a little bit but yeah. then when you get older you realize it kind of grateful some it was okay it. but yeah. then i think now as an adult i'm not a parent yet but i hope i can find the balance yeah where i'm so not where useful. i'm not spoiling my child too much because they also need normalcy See? Mm-hmm. but i'm also making them independent enough while they will figure it out on their own and if they can't figure it out then they'll come to me and that's what you did well mom because you didn't like all of the independence that was placed on you by your mother so you only gave us half of that and you allowed us to dream the other half i think is because i think that she should have made that she should have allowed us to dream because she had three girls that have so many big dreams but we like suppressed them because of her wanting us to be independent so it was just that. I just think it was just because she came from a harsh lifestyle, so she wanted. She didn't want better. that for you guys. Yeah. So then after that, you know, you're not when you're 18. Of course, nobody is looking for a career. You're just looking for a job. So with that being said, like they didn't have it to where like low end jobs had to give you insurance. So you know, I worked at Jack in the Box on the beach. They don't have to give me insurance. So when something did happen to me, it was just like I go to the emergency room and let that go on my credit and keep it moving. So. Um, I didn't, I was raised by a traditional mom and she did cook, but I mean, just keep it real. It's a black mom, you know? So, um, it was black food. Let's, yeah, it was so food. So food. food. Let's keep it real. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it wasn't that she was more or less independent herself. So she made us very independent. Like she would, um, give us money and expect us to go out and buy food. Like, cause she did, she worked. And as kids, it's four of us you know alone we didn't think like if she gave us money to buy food we would go out and buy candy and chips and have a party in the middle of the floor because she wasn't home so it's just like though some of those bad habits did you know they carried over they carried over um and i mean we always helped my mom because she was going through the stage of taking on her sister's kids which i am also one of her sister's kids but i'm adopted um, so we would always help her. So she gave all, each and every single one of us a job and mine was cooking. And when you're about 16, you know, 15, 16, 17, you make up stuff in your head and because you're cooking for a lot of people. So all the stuff that I would cook, of course, the kids would think it was amazing, but it wasn't the healthiest stuff at all. Yeah. Um, I tried cause I started learning stuff and watching TV and try to put healthy stuff in there, but I wasn't thinking about healthy. I was thinking about making sure the food that I'm cooking is good and it's enough for everybody. So. I mean, I, I mean, I can say a lot of my size was related to how I grew up and, um, my family, the good part about that was, is as we were growing up younger, I didn't really get the low self-esteem stuff from my family that happened in school because my family really didn't care. Like, especially my birth mom, like she didn't give a fuck. She taught my sister everything. And I didn't catch on to that because we were sent to a white school. So after we were sent to a white school, I thought that being big and black was just the epitome of evil. And if you were that, like, you weren't going to make it in this world. So, um. Which cross counters yeah. with colorism. Yeah, Correct. basically. Okay. So, you know, um, with my weight, it's always been in the background, but. Because I didn't want to bring back the whole stage when I went through when I was in high school when I was about y'all age. That's why I raised y'all to hell y'all head so high. Because yeah. when I was in high school, I walked around high school with a 
a black jacket on all the time thinking that if I wore that black jacket all the time I was invisible and um I had like basically had like a mental breakdown in the middle of the uh, floor with my mom and that's when she knew something was wrong because she didn't really pay attention to me because we were the older kids and we already had six little kids so you know it was a lot for her but then she seen something was wrong because um living in freaking Encanto, of course, dogs. I got chased by a dog and he took my jacket and I didn't care <laughs> about not funny, nothing but else, but he took my jacket and I got on the floor and was crying like I just fell out. And so my mom just had to rush to um, Fan Bam and just get another jacket because I was not having it. Like, and I didn't understand that. <clears throat> so she did, She when she found out because she wanted us, diversity was her thing because she didn't feel like us being in a... Um, all black school or all white school was what she wanted she wanted us to learn all of it so she said basically because she grew up in south central and it was all black and she didn't feel that but for me i feel like maybe we should have stayed kind of in all black because i wasn't used to black people when i got to morris like i didn't they were weird to me i thought they were crazy and so it took a lot for me to get through those first two years so my weight did go up higher because the only thing food became my best friend because it was just like I didn't have any friends um as our siblings like we would always go back to Escondido because that was all we knew so every weekend all we looked forward to was getting back to Escondido to our best friends that was it um so 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 would you say that all of that um is on top of the stress and then just carrying all that stuff around for years is what helped you make your decision to get the surgery um i would say that and then i think some of the negativity um from my family to be perfectly honest like you know i mean i'm not i can't blame it all on them because we kind of learned everything you kind of learn everything on your own in our family like it wasn't like we we were deeply rooted because our roots are in houston we're the only people <clears throat> that's in california um so what i think caused me to be honest as i was growing up the thing that caused me to want to get the surgery was is I always felt like if you were smaller, you were more accepted in this world. Like I felt like me being bigger, like I wasn't accepted. And as good as a person as everybody said I was, I felt like I wasn't accepted. So that was one of the main reasons this time around why I really forced myself to get it. Because at first I was already losing weight. I had decided to get a personal trainer and um, she's great. And I um, found out that intermediate fasting worked for me. So... I was losing weight and plus as an adult my palate changed so i was eating stuff that i wouldn't eat before. i know i just heard you like yeah. salmon the other no, day dorothy, like, dorothy, dorothy had her um eating at trader joe's she yeah. was eating very she clean is, she's, she's definitely eating way clean. more clean i think mm -hmm. the only thing mom is working on now is portions but that the surgery sugar. is gonna mm -hmm. change that yeah and the sugar and so, the sugar I think the reason why I got it this time around is because my sister, unfortunately, she did pass away. And I don't think it had anything to do with her weight. No, it didn't. Let's um, make that very Because that's a narrative that has yeah. been happening in the family. Yeah. If anybody goes to the hospital and, and they're overweight. Weight, but medically, it had nothing, nothing to do with, with her weight. weight. Um, so the biggest thing is, is I sat back and I realized, like, um, things start going out of control for me. I, that's one of the reasons why I got a personal trainer and I did uh, start doing intermittent fasting because I went to a doctor and my doctor for the first time in years because I have type 2 diabetes and the first time in years it went out of control like he was just like what's going on and it wasn't that I was um, it wasn't the fact that I was eating more sweets 
it was the fact is it's like um you gotta realize that i work at 1 p.m yeah and sometimes i had decided that i was just gonna do overtime because like when i do overtime in my job i don't have to i overthink things and that's just a part of my anxiety and my depression as well and so i felt like if i was at work from one i might as well do overtime till 5 a.m which my kids didn't agree with and i'm eating all those times so i'm eating within those time periods like so that's one to five a.m and i'm just eating whatever i want and so i mean they bring us because the overnights do get lunch like our job does provide lunch so whatever it is and most of the time it's like a sandwich and some doritos any kind of chips and like some apples you know and even though it's a balanced meal it's not balanced for that time of the night and it's carbs so that he was so scared that they had put me on insulin so that scared me first so it was insulin once a week and then um my blood pressure went high so everything just start going out of control and i didn't tell nobody i was just like let me just deal with it myself because i don't like to tell people stuff because i don't like nobody telling me anything i know i can do it but i know that sometimes people are telling me stuff out of the kindness of their heart but sometimes i'm the kind of person i don't I don't need anybody else to be putting me down. That's the whole thing yeah. is, is because mm-hmm. I put myself down more than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. I got that a lot. And I don't need, if I'm venting to you, I just need you to listen. That's the kind of person that I am. So then after I decided, look, let me fix this because I'm, I don't want to die. Like, I don't want to die until it's my time. I'm one of those people that I believe that everything is on God's timing. Mm-hmm. Um with death so i was just like let me just fix this so but this time around why i went through it is because i sat here and i was just like i feel like god has me on this earth for a bigger plan and i'm like i've raised like some of you guys friends um kids as my grandkids and i call them my grandkids but i'm just like who wouldn't want to be around to see my own grandkids so everybody asked me why i got the surgery i didn't get it for myself i got it because i want to stick around for the people that i love because to be honest now that i'm going through it like everything that's going on, I hate that I got it, but um, it's it's a mindset because, like, people need to. I feel like, in my honest opinion, people need to be educated about the parts that you're not gonna that is not gonna be easy. Yeah. This stage mm-hmm. right now is not easy. Like, not easy. Like every day, I kind of wake up. I I just kind of wake up more depressed um, every day. But I'm just trying to push through everything yeah. and get through it because this is a decision that I made for myself. Yes, mom. And it mm-hmm. was to get healthy because I want to be around for my grandkids. But it's just the fact that it's, it's hard. hard in mm-hmm. life. Like I didn't ask to be this way. I didn't ask to be unhealthy. But there's something that I have to push through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna continue to push through it. But I and tell we're people here like, to support you. Right. You know? oh, That's the good thing. You're not doing this. Yeah. Month. And I do want to leave off on a on a positive note though with this mom. It is officially three weeks going in since you've had the surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And to our listeners, she's thirty pounds lighter. Which mm-hmm. is absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. That's amazing. Right. No, and the most and then amazing on top of that, the doctor told us that she will no longer probably have to be on her high blood pressure medicine. And yeah. he's already I think it's important like insulin, so. to those are amazing things me and my happen. husband we actually live with my mom mm-hmm. um we moved in a year ago to save for home and so i've seen um more than my sisters like a timeline of things yeah. and i think the last four months have probably been her hardest four months yeah. because mm-hmm. i don't want to tell too much but she's been through a breakup mm-hmm. and then right after a breakup like yeah. a few weeks later her sister, sister passed, passed. Yeah. 
and then she went into a surgery and, and before then the surgery died and yeah. she had to help us through yeah that. but before that she was deciding not to get the surgery yeah, because yeah. she couldn't decide if it was something she really wanted to do and if it's worth it so i think she was just frustrated right so i think a lot of the emotion just comes from other things tied into a bow right like because there was a lot that she was going through on the back end of things and that i don't think she still worked through completely completely. right i mean i i understand that i get it and i sit back and i think one of the big things that helped me through it all is i don't know i think it was you guys brother that said it but it's blessings and bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To be honest, like everything came with, it's a blessing, but it comes with a whole bunch of bullshit. And you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta decipher yourself through the bullshit and just keep it moving, to be honest. So mm-hmm. with that being said, like <clears throat> it's going to be a fight and it's, it's going to be another fight of my life, but it's, it, I ain't going to have no choice but for it to get better because I got stuff to live for. Um, and it's just been hard, you know? I would think you would say to the listeners who are contemplating... What is the name of your surgery? The gastric sleeve. What would you say to them? Because you've already got it. The thing that just I to say? leave it off on this part. So they know that you're not completely against it. it. Do your research and make sure you have a support system. That's what I would say to them. Is make sure because I thought... Because you guys wasn't going to let me do it without doing my research. So what I That's did true. is... I, we stopped her for like five years. Mm-hmm. I researched the medical parts. All that. I didn't research the parts where, like me, I wound up having bacteria. So I didn't research those things that can happen. And I really didn't research the nausea. And I can tell you, to be perfectly honest, if you're a mother, you got this. Um, as you can see, my children are adopted, so I've never been through the mother stage, but a lot of my friends are kind of laughing, but also caring about me at the same time because they already been through the mother stage. So they're like, girl, I went through this for nine months and I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, I guess this is God's way of showing me what it feels like to have a baby because. But also you, it's crazy. Mothers, just to play devil's advocate, (laughs) um, people's experience are not going to be your experience so just because you carried a baby for nine months that doesn't mean that this is less painful oh because you i've seen you throw up every single day Uh i've seen you be in more pain than people i've known that had babies that carried children for nine months i've seen beautiful pregnancies i've seen hard pregnancies so i just think that Everyone has a different experience in anything. Right. No one's experience is it's gonna the be the same in this life. Right. Sure. Um and picking backing off of what mom said, support is needs to yes. be real in your life before mm-hmm. you make any big decision that is life altering. Mm-hmm. Also making sure you have some type of faith, whether you're spiritual exactly. or religious. Whatever it is. Right. Also making sure your environment is peaceful because mm-hmm. if the shit around you is stressful, you're gonna feel stressed all the time. All the time. And I mean, that's the luckiest thing that I'm not, I'm stressed over school because I am still in school. But other than that, like, I'm not too much stressed. Of course, my job. So, mom, how would you say, jumping into just one experience, how would you say Stephanie's behavior was when she met? Because our listeners already listen to our podcast, so they know some of the stories already that we discussed and i just want to know how would you say stephanie's behavior and how frantic she was when she came to you and told you that we had had a situation going on with our birth mom because i know she said she mentioned you guys went to lunch yeah um it's just the fact is just um 
when I first met Stephanie and Sana, which was on Etta Street, um, their you guys' personality was big and they were bubbly. Like I couldn't, I was I. That it was, was Home Avenue. That was Home Avenue. We met you. On well, home yeah, home. but I I got more involved with, with you guys. guys on like I found out who you guys was on Etta Street. That's true. Um, because um. I never knew that they lived in the shelter. Like, that was mm -hmm. crazy to me because of how positive they was and how much they wanted to come around because I did always have kids because I felt like I gave kids a safe zone just to sit there. Be I never let no kids do drugs in front of me, drink in front of me. All they did was eat, talk, and clown. So, I mean, when, St when I did, when Stephanie gave me that call because I thought everything was fine, um, I thought everything was fine. So, I didn't think that... Nothing was going on, and I had already moved in with, like, a roommate, per se. And um, then I went back to my mom's house because um, things just wasn't working out mm -hmm. with my roommate. And, and then, this is when you had that surgery, right? Yeah, on my toes. Mm -hmm. Acting crazy, my toes got ran over by a school bus. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which people Ooh. still like, how does that even happen? It didn't even hurt because I didn't even realize it happened. But, anyways. So, um, Stephanie called me, and... Um, I was off work. I had a fantastic job. Um, so I was off work and she asked me if I could meet her downtown and I'm not thinking nothing of it. So then when I seen her, like she wasn't, her hair wasn't done. Like she wasn't dressed and she was really emotional. She was just talking to me um, because they had spent most of their time coming to see me almost every day. But it was just like I had put myself in predicaments where I didn't have a place for her really to come see me. So I was just thinking they was doing fine because, you know, at the time we had MySpace. So you know, they weren't put their life on MySpace, but I thought that everything was fine because Sana's MySpace was still popping. Like, um, so I didn't think nothing of it. I was at that library getting it yeah, in. Yeah, so when Stephanie called me and she told me everything, like, we met, and I'm just looking at her like, wow, what is going on? So at first, me and Stephanie, like, when she told me everything that was going on, she's like, my mom is doing this. It kind of shocked me because... I didn't have a bad relationship with y'all mom. Y'all mom would come over. Um, we had a couple of singers in Bomb Squad because when we had to perform at Del Mar Fair, we had to do a whole show, put on a whole program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she would come over and give our two singers um, lessons to make sure that their voices was ready for the show. And I never had a problem with her. Like, I thought she was a good mom because y'all was G'd up, like, living in the shelter. So, when I seen Stephanie, I was like, oh, something got to be wrong. Like... Because I ain't never seen Stephanie look like that. So, me and Stephanie were walking around and we went looking at, um, like, little places in San Diego. They have, like, these hotels that you can have for monthly. So, I was just like, all right, well, I'll just get, like, a hotel for, like, a month until I figure things out. And so, we went looking. But at the time, they were all full. So, I went to my sister's house. I went to go talk to my sister. And I was telling her, because we was both with our mom, like, what was going on. And she was worried. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. So, we went um, to an apartment complex. And a lot of our family lived in there, um, extended family and um, family. So we were already approved for the apartment, but like the things that I heard about the apartment, like I didn't want it. But once I found out how bad Stephanie was doing, and then Sana turned around and called me and told me that um, one of the shelters she was living in put her on three days on, three days out. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? How are they going to put you out for three days? You ain't got nowhere to go. You're a kid. So I went and told my sister, I don't care what she's doing. I'm going to sign up for the apartment. So, um... Me and my sister went and signed up for the apartment. We moved in and I got my um foster care license. And uh the girls were like, you know, kind of doing their own thing. And um I was supposed to get a set of siblings, um, foster kids, but 
I didn't take them because Stephanie found out that I moved into the apartment and Stephanie came in first. So what happened is, is I still had enough room in my apartment to actually take on the two, um, the two uh, foster kids, but I decided against it because I was just like, wait, so Stephanie started telling the truth about what was going on with her mom and um, what was going on with um, Sana. At the time, Dorothy came around, but I didn't really know her too well because she she stuck it out with her mom. Like, she was in the mm -hmm. trenches with her. And um, so when I found out what was going on with Sana, I called her and I told her, get to the house, pack up all her stuff, and get to the house immediately. And then I called the social worker, which now that I work at the place <laughs> where mm -hmm. I understand why she was upset with me because the girls were coming out that day and I told her I couldn't take them. Um, and that was when... That started our Harbor View days. Mm -hmm. So, how would uh, you say, Mom, their their friends felt because, like, with you taking Stephanie and Sana being close to them, because you you know that there was people way before them who were closer to you, right? Right. So I wonder, like, I just always wonder, like, how that was because I know, like, now that we we're older, we're super cautious about who we bring around mom because her heart is so big, yeah, and she'll try to help everyone, and everyone's attentions aren't pure. Yeah. And I w always wonder now if like people felt that way about you guys, you guys like yeah, you know I was, what I mean? Yeah. Um. To me, because um, let's be clear, and I know we've said this a million times, but you were only 25, 24. Right. Yeah. So to be taken on three teenagers or preteens. Because we even mentioned, Mom, how Tranisha wasn't, she was, she was on not, board, but, but she wasn't, she wasn't on board, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, she. And was, your family wasn't on board. Yeah. At all. At all. Um, well, at the time that I did take you guys on, I was living life, like, I mean, this was the first time in my life where, um, I mean, I was going out every weekend, every almost every day. I didn't sit in the house. Like, you got to understand that I had a really, really good job. Like, I mean, I had a good job that someone, like, I would go shopping and some of my family would just go shopping with me because they knew I was going to buy them stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I would have known more about investment back then, but I didn't. But anyways, you can't fix that. Um, so, I don't know how... You know, I have to, you guys got to understand this. Um, the reason why they came into my life is because of Bomb Squad. And Bomb Squad has always been a big, big part of my life. And um, their friends brought them into me. So I, some of their friends have stayed with me off and on. But their friends basically had their family to, you know, fall back on. But I didn't really know the logistics of what they were really going through like stephanie had no problem telling me exactly what she was going through and i wasn't gonna go for her to be going through that because we had already established a relationship and i wasn't used to y'all going through that so i didn't care how you guys as friends felt about it or nor my family only person i really cared about how they felt is trinisha oh well my sister she's mm -hmm. gone um and her her ex-best friend because they lived with me but Did you share um, the room yeah, they yeah. did mm. for a while. Oh, uh -huh. I don't remember that. And mm. that's why you guys had my room. Um, but um, I didn't care. But it wasn't. So this was the thing is, is when I took them, when I took you guys on, well, the two, the first two, I sat down with you guys' mom and we had an agreement. So what it was, was is she was keeping Dorothy and I had you two and I just made sure, had to make sure y'all got to school. And she would always, you know, um, they had a wonderful school. Like, shout out to Monarch because... Clothes was washed. Everything that they needed was there. Like, mm -hmm. I love that school through and through. Like, no matter what, like, 
that's something that was also that's why one of the reasons why i'm still in school because i also want to build schools like that everywhere as well you know gives kids a chance to make it out but um she just wanted me to make sure they went to school i mean they still had bomb squad practice and but they lived with us and then we gave them chores already you know so it was like they were a part of the family but they were still being raised by me but also by their mom so um <clears throat> dorothy started coming around because she felt like her their mom felt like it was a stable place and it was kids because dorothy was so much of an adult with her mom so um sure. which dorothy, i kind of always stayed that way yeah i never remember like enjoying being outside so no my vibe and the kids that no. was her age she treated them like shit like <laughs> she, she didn't like them she didn't like them so this started her cousin relationship with my little cousins because mm -hmm. i had a little cousin that felt the same way as well Oompa. so she would my mom would drop her off just because she needed to be around kids too and her birth mom lived down the hill and so these two would just sit there and you know mad dog everybody but that was them um <laughs> so Dorothy what, really didn't yeah like kids. so what happened was, it wasn't that I didn't like them I just didn't understand them yeah. no. like being that I was never treated like, like a, a child yeah so yeah. she you know? really didn't understand them like they would want to run they would during bomb squad breaks they would want to run to the store and get all the snacks and act stupid and dorothy's like why are you guys acting like that like da -da -da -da. yeah or like one time the thing that tripped me out was is all the kids found out that one of the soda machines on 47th street uh charlie station was giving out mm -hmm. free stuff i remember so that. they all ran over there and got everything and dorothy sure, ran dorothy and oompa was like ew like who does that da -da 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 -da. <laughs> like and, and, and it's important to note that, like, let's be honest, I was never really in bomb squad. No. Yeah. I just would come around to practice because I'm not the dancer out of Even yeah. later when you became our mom, like, mm -hmm. Dorothy yeah. still wasn't in bomb squad. No. Like, you would buy her the outfits, but she, but she wouldn't do was, it. No. 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 I can't even remember a performance. She would no, I remember you literally told mom one time, like, I'm going to do it. You're like, look. You can buy me an outfit, but I need to decide if I feel like it. Yeah. yeah. And at first, <laughs> That's really how was, it was. She was in the back. This was Gompers, and she had her little lady white girl outfit on. And everybody knew she was going to do it because she was practicing. <laughs> then it was stage time, and she said no. 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 She, like, literally right five so, minutes before we get on the stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, my God. And I was like, you guys have to let her do her thing. Yeah. It's weird, too, because my sisters were never dancers. Like, no. we were taught music and reading yeah. in and our they home. they broke out. Like, but... I guess when you are birthed from create like artists, it, it just naturally and I didn't get that. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, like I didn't get that. Well, that's why she got. Yeah, <laughs> that's right actually girl. true, Dorothy. To bring that up, Dorothy, we never me and Sammy weren't really dancers. We, no, I we did never, ballet as kids. Yeah, we were in ballet, but, no, but we weren't really dancers like that. When they asked us to be on the team, they said, "Do you guys dance?" We said, "We dance." I mean. We, we didn't know it was going to be like an organized thing. Right. And then they got in there, taught us the routine, and we did it on the first day. And, and then our mom, who is now our mom, who was our coach at the time, was mm -hmm. like, oh, you guys are dancers. Yeah. But it wasn't something no, that we I just did. never. And no. if we did dance, I just remember us always being in tap, like classical. Classical dancing. dance. Like not right. hip hop. No. no. Right. So, um, so then, um, I mean, the 47th Street days were... Um, actually some of our best to be perfectly honest because it, it helped us grow because i had to basically it was a lot because i still was still trying to be 25 and go everywhere because i felt like they were teenagers so that's where 
my sister came in as their dad because I was just like, hey, I'm going here. The kids are in the house. They got to be at school at this time. Just make mm-hmm. sure you wake mm-hmm. them up. You know, and I, it was a transition stage for me because I had to transition from being their coach, their friend, to being But also, mom, in all fairness, we didn't move in as your children. Yeah. yeah no, we, we so didn't. you weren't really obligated, yeah, obligated to take to, care of us. Uh-huh. And I know you say sometimes, like, you wish you would have did things differently. But in that beginning stage, you technically weren't our parents. Right. We just lived there. Yeah. So it was like, uh, uh. And I know there's things like, and you'll get into that. But there's moments where you say you wish you would have parent differently. Right. But you were but, 25. Yeah. Right. I'm 29 now, and I can't imagine having three kids. Right. So, 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 no. Thinking, thinking about, about it. it. Mm-hmm. So it's like to have to take on three preteens who had already been through so much traumatic mm-hmm. stuff yeah you know and then um i note this in almost every episode but later on you end up sending us to therapy so your parenting skills evolved over yeah. time yes yeah, so then um i mean this is the way that dorothy got there is because dorothy would only come by on the weekends that, mm-hmm. that was so true <laughs> um, we would only see dorothy on the weekend mm-hmm. probably only to see us I yeah think, maybe yeah so we would only see her on the weekends mm-hmm. So then her mom called and um, she was like, Dorothy's birthday is coming up. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I remember said, none so, of this, by the way. I, said, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm it. starting to block so out. I said, like, Stephanie. Yeah. yeah, I don't I said, remember any so of this. so what do you want me to do? And she was just like, I think she deserves, she needs a party with kids. And I don't know. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Mom was so funny. And I'm just like, you know, and at the time I knew that she had like a man. And I always told y'all, like, I, I felt like man is her drug. Like, and yeah. I always felt that way. And I understand that because we've been I, talking about that. And I had an auntie mm-hmm. who was like that man was her drug. So then um, she um, I was like okay, and then she was just like um, I'm gonna give you my EBT card. Can you just throw her a birthday party? So you know this. it was kind of easy. Um, besides the fact that Dorothy was like I don't eat hot. She dogs. didn't have fun. So, I, but I, I remember yeah. it. But so I, the only it, thing it that wasn't she had the thing. fun with was the food. The food. I cooked. And so she's always loved my food. So that was always the <laughs> only thing that she was complaining about was it was hot dogs there. But I had to feed the mom squad yeah. kids and them. So which Dorothy, why were they invited? Yeah. But I know because our, cause our <laughs> mom wanted you to have a party with kids. I think I think one thing I learned from this situation is kids like me. Because, Mom, you were a foster parent, too, which is important to note later on. Mm-hmm. Like, you were, you fostered a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Back into their homes. That kids like me, I think it's important for them to just break out on their shell on their oh, own. Right. Because I, not, not just with Mom, you. I felt very forced in a lot of situations. situations. And I feel like maybe if I just, like, like not felt like I had to hang out with people or had to be somewhere or had to do something, I probably would have found my way a lot earlier because I really didn't feel like who I was supposed to be until like my freshman year of high school yeah like i didn't feel like i knew who well, you were i was you weren't be able you didn't you didn't get those developmental skills early no. on like a lot of people right. do. no and it's important to know and i want to note this dorothy didn't hate other kids no it was even me like it was just she most of our her. fights would be i would want to play with her and she wouldn't want to play with me right no, this is just who she, she is. this right. is just who she was like i don't even watch cartoons no like as an she adult was, i think that's so childish she, she won't because you know how like you're an adult and you go back and like one of your favorite cartoons come on the tv and you're like oh my god you're nostalgic yeah, about it like and you watch it and like, dorothy oh, has her. none of those mem- those are not things that happen for no me. i would go do other things i would mm-hmm. read or, or remember 
remember from the episode, like episode two, where we were telling you guys that um, our parents got in a fight and we ran away, and Dorothy packed her CDs. She literally packed her CDs. Like, music. That's, that's what she did. That's her outlet. She let. She would sit in a room and listen to music. And I'm still low key the same way. It's uh-huh. just a different vibe. Like I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'm like. Like, I don't want to deal with my friends. And yeah. it's nothing they did. I just don't have energy for you. And she, uh, basically, so... <laughs> but they know, know that already. Yeah. They know that. It was a cute birthday party, but let me tell you, the funniest thing to me is as we're handing out, because, you know, I knew how to do a little kid birthday party. So I would give every kid, like, their bag of chips and their hot dog and their drink, and they would be so excited, and they'd go downstairs, and they'll sit with each other and eat. No, Dorothy, this is how she got close with my sister, because she sat upstairs and ate the adult food, and she just sat with my sister, and she loved my sister. So Our auntie Tanisha would be like... Just leave her alone. Yeah. Let her do her thing. Yeah. She's not messing with anybody, Sharana. So, yeah. (laughs) She would say that. That's what she said. I left her alone because I wanted Dorothy to be outside with the kids, but she, no. So she sat up there and she's eating um, fried chicken, spaghetti, and salad, and she's chilling because she's not going to eat that. Which I never knew that fried chicken and spaghetti, I guess it's a Cali thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because everyone thinks it's crazy Mm -hmm. when we we go home and they're like, what? Even Terrell thought that was crazy, Mm -hmm. though. He had never heard of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... She was just eating her food, and then um, you know, Which she did do her, she did her mm-hmm. cake thing, and then um. Which I think was a shocker for you because Sharana could take us, our mom, she could take us to a restaurant, and I would eat off the kids' menu. I couldn't with Dorothy, but Dorothy would be like, "Oh no, yeah, I don't want no, to. <laughs> like, I, oh no." <laughs> I didn't. I like still to this day they need to change the kids' menu because not everybody wants grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> like some kids want salmon. And broccoli and rice. <laughs> and she was just saying. So, um, I mean, after that, I mean, the her mom called and um asked. I don't know what happened. Um, with the shelter that they was in, and she said it wasn't working. But I think that she just tried to move into a shelter with her husband at the time because she had left the shelter. And um, she said if Dorothy can stay with us, and Dorothy was a little upset about that. But um, <laughs> very, very, yeah, um, understandably though. Understand, like, understand to have been with my mom my whole yeah. life, and then <laughs> to be with a stranger because that's what it felt like. Yeah. And it, it wasn't was. even your choice for me and Stephanie. We had got away from mom because she was driving right. Us crazy. It wasn't. It wasn't your choice. choice. You weren't ready to get away from her. No, like mom I wish decided she, to put. You I wish away. mom would have done a few more fuck things so and that I could have been frustrated. With right, her. because I felt like. The fact that it wasn't my choice, I just hate it. That's when I started hating San Diego. Yeah. I think. You know, like, I was more out of everyone. And I mentioned this in the last story. Like, Sana's depression started in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Mine started way before that. I think I'm starting to realize it started when mom, like, forcibly sent me. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that's fair. And I would say, just to clarify that, like... I don't think my depression started in Ohio. Started in storefront. Oh, well, started in storefront because all but, the traumatic stuff. stuff. Like, but because it was so traumatic, I just had to find a way to push through. Mm-hmm. I think it came out in, in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and Stephanie just never really. No, I think every we can't say that we weren't no, all I'm depressed. Asking her, I'm yeah, asking her, no, like, I think for me, like, part of me, I feel like the reason why it didn't show or wasn't as. Uh, vivid is that the word I should be using as your as you and Dorothy's? Mm-hmm. I think for me it was more like I just always felt I have to be the stronger one, mm-hmm. and I feel like I suffer with that as an adult now to this day. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like suppress all my emotions, yeah. and mm-hmm. mom knows this better than anybody. Yeah, she'll see me and she'll be like, something's not right, and then I'll yeah. like, be like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then I don't know. I guess my fucking bus was late. 
You just have a and better I game just, face than me. I, I really, not only yeah. that, I think Break Stephanie down. is mm-hmm. like, hers wasn't like, you guys' depression, it can go on for a while with hers. She'll hold it in, and then if she breaks down, she's fine. And also, she's one of those people, as long as she feels love, she's all right. Yeah, So she, she, it wasn't that your mom stopped loving her at a certain point, and I can tell. She, it, well, it wasn't, I don't feel like she stopped loving her, but the affection, everything that your mom was giving her left when she got her husband. Uh-huh. And when I seen Stephanie, I seen depressed Stephanie. So when she got to us, she got love again. It was me and Trenisha and, and the family. Me. So she was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just me now. Yeah. I had like the support. Yeah. And yeah. then when we sent her to yeah. Ohio, she still had the love of your grandparents. That's and then true. when she came that's back, kind of she funny. still, yeah. so as long as she had that love. It wouldn't matter. It was, right. that's, I think that's mm-hmm. where it was. But yeah. it's not to say that I wasn't depressed. Yeah. Or that I wasn't yeah, that's what I was trying to say. That I definitely I feel... always felt I had to put on a game face for you guys. Yeah. And even... I feel like I still walk around life to this day like that. Does because... remember? It was like maybe a few years ago when I was in flight attendant. I was having a rough day and we talked on the phone. And I used to say, like, I always want that kind of strength you have. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I would ask you, like... Because I get depressed and people, like, just snap out of it. But I can't. Yeah. And I would be like, I wish I was more like Stephanie. I wish I was more like Stephanie. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is. And I, I think I we know. I think our depression looks different. Like, it's Stephanie smiles like, through it. Sana's very, like, a physical. I don't know how to hide. She's like, and I'm just. I, you will never know. Like, I, you'll know that I'm going through something, but I'm not going to tell you till like, two years yeah. until, like, she it's over. She might not over. talk to you, but you don't. It, yeah. Like, it, I, because I don't like people to pity me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I try to be, like, very, very, very strong. And so, like, when I'm depressed, it's, like, like, I know, I already look at it from a psychological thing. Nothing you can tell me can get me out of this. I have to pull myself about this bitch mm-hmm. on my own. So, what's the point of talking to someone about it? Because that's one thing I do agree with mom a little bit on. Some people are capable of making you feel more worse than you felt originally. Yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes it's just pointless. I think that the thing that helped with your depression was is around this time. So, um, then you got forced to live with this. I mean, you, with me, you weren't really close because... Like, I didn't really know you. Mm-hmm. And then you got close, really close with Trenisha. And then it came time for us to give you chores and stuff. And that this was stuff that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And so we were putting a lot on you because it was stuff that you didn't know about. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. yeah, after that, two weeks after that, like, your period started. And, mm-hmm. you know. No, it didn't start until I moved into the other apartment. That I remember. No, it was that apartment because you it guys, was. it was, it was 42. Because mm. that's when we called mom yeah, and, and she, she and her bring... phone was disconnected. No, 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 no. I had, I started my period when I lived in St. Vincent. I started my period and I just didn't have tampons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, I had already started my period. Oh, like I like well, 10, we oh, 10 and a half at 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, Dorothy started her period. They thought that you had just started. Because you were so young. No, I had already had it. Because I didn't get my period until 13. I got mine at like 11 and a half. So we got ours the same year. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So then um, we caught her and the phone was off. I mean, the EBT was still working and everything, so she was still doing what she needed to do on that part, but her phone was off, so there was no way we can get in contact with her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, then I just started spending my money and I just went and got it. So then what happened was is, you know, we went on with life and school, like, um, this was around April, May, and I kind of think that it was kind of like some hateration stuff in it involved in it but you know bomb squad was getting done with their performances and was getting ready for delmar fair season mm-hmm. and um i this is when i found out that actually dorothy can sing and i just asked her if she wanted to sing at the delmar fair. she mm-hmm. said i don't think about it but she was practicing for it and mm-hmm. then um, I think about it. um so we had 
um the person the one of the kids that brought you guys into bomb squad who's like family and then we had one of my little cousins over there and they were just talking to you and you guys were and i guess they were just talking about like how like people were poor and you guys were like no we have grandparents that have money and da 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 and then um one of my family members took it upon themselves like a couple of weeks later to call you guys as grandparents and tell them everything that was going on without my knowledge like i didn't have a problem because the only thing that i I was still cordial with you guys' mom. Whenever she, yeah. Because even though she didn't have a phone, she would pop up. She would mm -hmm. pop up. Like, I was, she would pop up. Like, even if it, it cut down on once a month, she would pop up. And then, um, so I, I mean, I didn't feel like I had an issue with her because I felt like she, as long as her kids was in a safe place, she was fine. So mm -hmm. that was the thing that I felt with her. So um, when the call came from your, about your grandparents, your grandparents said, uh... We're getting our grandkids and da 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 da. And I'm young, so I don't know what to do. Like I know, I like. I don't Can know we just speak on the person who let them call Kasana? Remember, we we like to play devil's advocate on the show. Yeah. I don't know if the person now who, as an adult, right? I don't know if that came from a hateration, right? Thing. Now as let's a, not say that person's name, by the way. No, not now as an adult. <laughs> Because we do need to speak to our character. If I was an adult in that situation, as our cousin was, and I seen three girls who technically you weren't taking responsibility for because we no. still had a parent. Mm -hmm. And that parent was acting irresponsibly. Right. And not coming around for weeks. And mm -hmm. then I find out that they have somebody with the financial means to help out yeah i would have called them i don't too. even think she was trying to get them to take us i think she was giving them a fair, fair shake like Stephanie, can you remember step when up? you were talking about this story you said that she originally just called them for money mm -hmm. like oh send can you send my cousin some and money to help get, with the kids the, the not realizing they're not those type of not people. realizing that they're the kind of people like if we're gonna send money we might as well just send for them mm -hmm. yeah you know so I don't think now as an adult, I can see how you felt like that at the time because even maybe though you should have been looked our in. Mom, you weren't our mom. You started looking at us like your responsibility. Yeah. Maybe at the time it felt painful for you, but now as an adult, playing devil's advocate, I do feel like that she made that call from the good place. Okay. Well, I mean, I do think you should have. If you feel like I, this is my first time of you saying that you knew no knowledge of it, so maybe she should have talked to you or even us, even on us. Yeah. But me and Dorothy were way too young to even. Yeah. Right. And, um, I mean, I remember her just being like, well, how do you feel that, like, your mom is, like, not really, like, in the picture, like, she's in and out, and then, like, your sisters, like, the way that particular family member made it, made me feel, it was like, this needed to This happen. isn't normal. Yeah. So Which I, it really, I, it really wasn't was normal. I, that's how I always looked at it. Mm -hmm. And I, maybe I guess guess from you if, if i was in your situation let's say when i'm 30 so like five years ago and i was in that same situation i will see where you're coming from a little bit just because you at the end of the day are still communicating with our birth mother at that right point oh, this is kind of fun let's all do this five years ago like you just said i, I would have been um 24 at, and i'm looking at my life five years ago i was a flight attendant i was traveling mm -hmm. the world so i was living my life like you was living your life mm -hmm. i'd have made the call too Oh, absolutely. I, you know me. Like, I'm going to make sure there's... there's. I'm going to go so through every So, you were 25, what, situation. two years ago? Literally, okay. less than two years. And you were what? Um, Manager? Yeah, I was married. Married. So, Freshly married, new, uh, newlywed. I think that from that end, from what 
it seems like that person had knew it sounded like she understood that our grandparents were unaware so why not call someone's family just to give them the option because some people will be like well i'm sorry to hear you going through that yeah. and they hang up, <laughs> they hang up. So, but we had kind of knew at that point because i know sana mentioned like she used to say like they know we're in a shelter but around that time we think we started realizing that they really they just didn't know like they because our dad was missing at that point. So when it was we like, moved to Ohio, we found out they never knew. Like, they never knew. They would, Our dad would always call them and put on a front and make it seem like we're doing okay. Right. And they were still sending us gifts that we were never receiving. Matter we of fact, shelters. I think it was very clear to them that once they found out, once they got the call from Stephanie, that that was probably the first conversation that our grandpa said he had with our dad. Like what is going on like you need what kind of parenting is going on in california going on in california so just to place devil's advocate yes mom should have been looped in on that conversation if you truly felt that way because that's you know you no one should have a conversation without especially i'm looking at it from this perspective you weren't our mom yet, but you were looking out for our mom. So said. she right. probably should have known because the way our mom found out we were in Ohio was wasn't right. a good situation. Right. It was kind of mean to her, and too. To ask you the same question since we all answered it. You're, can I say your age? Mm-hmm. You're 40 now. Looking One. back. 41. 41. She's 40 for the rest of her okay. life. You're 40 now. Mm-hmm. Looking back to you as 25. Same situation. Would you have made the call? Um, to be perfectly honest, no, because of the relationship that I had with your mom. I felt like, as a mom, <clears throat> you were trying to be loyal to her. It mom. was yeah, it was her decision to say where her kids wanted to go. So when she called me, mm-hmm. freaking out, and I'm just oh, can you I'm, talk about that, please? Okay, because so, we want them to know how our okay, mom so felt. After, yeah, yeah, abandoning us like she so, didn't feel good about it. Yeah. So after. <laughs> That phone call was made. The grandparents, about two weeks later, sent for the girls. And all I could do was just send them. Like, so we went to church because I was in church because um, I was really into church because I love my pastor. And then my kids started loving my pastor and our first lady. And so we went to church. It was like the day before they left. And, and we all took pictures. Like, everybody, all my friends brought their kids over. You know, well, people I thought was my friends, not my friends. But they... <laughs> They brought their kids over because my kids were in love with them. That we were taking pictures. They got the the girls got their hair done. All their little bomb squad friends came over to say bye, and then that was it. Um, about what? So then they were gone. It was about a week later. So I went back to Mm -hmm. get out in the streets. Forget it. And you know, it was a part of dealing with my pain, but it wasn't the pain. I knew I was gonna miss him, but it was a pain. I'm like knowing like. Dang, and what's your mom going to say? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. so, we want like, people to know that she didn't feel when good she about found out enough. that we were gone, she was not really happy about no, it so at then, all. I was just waiting for her to pop up because she didn't know. Um, <laughs> she have a phone. She have a phone. But I don't know. She got a phone. So my number has <laughs> never changed. I've had the same phone number since about... 22. Uh yeah. yeah nah before then before then no two thousand yeah two thousand and one yeah yeah, yeah two thousand one mm-hmm. so I had the same phone since two thousand and one so um no two thousand and four to be exact because okay. I had the little flip phone okay um two thousand and four and then um so I was just like uh all right so she called me and then she was like where are my girls and then I'm like um I think that she kind of ran into your dad and your dad 
told her where you guys was because I don't know who told her. Or maybe one of y'all friends. Somebody, Mary Beth, probably. Mary Beth. Somebody told your mom that you guys were in Ohio. And then she was like, Sharon, where are my girls? And then I was just like, their grandparents took them. And then she's like, what do you mean they took them? And then I was like, I didn't know where you was. I didn't know how to get in contact with them. She goes, no, no, I never wanted them there. So then I started feeling some type of way because the way that she was crying and she was so upset, like she never wanted them there. Like I was just like, wait, where the hell did I just send the girls into? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know them. I've never met them. I've never really heard about them, but she was hurt. And then I was, she was like, Sharon, I can't believe you did this. I said, what did you want me to do? Like, I can't fight them. I'm not family. Like, I was like, you know, and then she was like, no, no, you are family. You could have fought them. And I'm just like, no, technically I'm not family. So she was very upset. So then she just hung up the phone in my face. And then I'm just like, dang. So then my sister was talking to me. And my sister was just like, it's not your fault. And then I think that's when I got really more mad at my family because I'm just like, why did y'all do that? Because she was very upset. Okay. And I think I believe it. that's what broke our relationship because we didn't have a broken relationship because uh, we was good. But then I think that's what broke our relationship after that because she felt some type of way towards me after that because she felt like I shouldn't have let y'all go. But I had to let y'all go. I had no choice. I'm, I realize I get that from our mom, though. Like, when I'm angry at my birth mom, like, our mom's cutoff game is very, very strong. strong. She got mad at our dad. And even though her band members were so good to her, the ones that were, she, she stopped talking to all of them. Like, when I'm done with one person, one band, one staff. Best friends for like 15 years. I literally think mom created the one band, one sound movement. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm her done with you. I'm done with all fucking bands. It's fair to say that our birth mom, um, mom, they never, she never spoke to you again. No. I mean, never. let's put it into perspective now that we know where she's at and our listeners know that. Um, you, I think we mentioned briefly that you reached out to her on. And she still hasn't written you back. No, and imagine and our other warrior, mm-hmm. auntie warrior, who mm-hmm. reached out to her, and that was like her Robot. everything. Mm-hmm. She didn't even reach out to her. Right. So, um, she was very, very upset about that. But um, <clears throat> the only thing that upset me is because me, um, I took on her thought of you guys as grandparents. For the simple fact, like, if you guys would have heard her on the phone, the only thing you, I would have thought that sent y'all to a bad place. Like, and we, me and the grandparents, we never talked. I'm not a mean or vindictive person, so I didn't, I didn't really talk to them. Like, they never really talked to me. Because, like, when you guys go to Ohio, like, it was still, like, uh, me and Sana had, she was already calling me mom. And I think Stephanie was too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you guys got to Ohio, like, we would talk every week. Like, every week. Sana would kind of call me almost every night. And sometimes she would call me when I was at work because there was a time difference, but she would hear me outside having fun. But and then she would be like, I'll call you back. And I'd be like, no, 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 I can talk. Um, so um, <clears throat> she would start telling me things that was going on. And I would t- um, I would let her grandparents know, like, you know, you guys got to understand that um, even when Stephanie was out here, if it was her period, I already knew the first day she wasn't going to school. Like, Mm-mm. it was really that bad. So heavy. she and I had to let the grandparents know that, you know. They wanted these kids. And I had to let them know. One thing: the first conversation we had is, these are not the little babies that They're you remember. These yeah. are teenagers, so you're gonna mm-hmm. go through teenager things. And I just ask you guys: the only thing that they always ask me is to never put them back in the shelter, and that's all I ask you guys. And then the grandma, she was really sweet. She was just like, "No, don't worry about it." Da 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 da. And I was just like, you know, you're gonna go through some teenage things. It ain't easy because I did explain to them that. If it wasn't for my sister, I don't know where I would be because, you know, she helped me out a lot. And mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, Bomb Squad helped me out a lot because um, if they was doing something I didn't like, like, I'll tell them you're not performing and they would mm-hmm. straighten right up. 
Um, and then um, so when um, I got you a question before you move on from that. Yeah. Um, so now looking back and knowing that our mom had some mental issues and there was like stuff going on with her, mm-hmm. would you? Is it fair to say that you wish you would have got to know our grandparents on your own terms and not through her? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I can say that. Because our grandmother was actually, has known our moms before she had children. children. And so she already knew who she was mm-hmm. and what her character was. Right. So now I realize that as an adult, our grandmother never liked our mom because she was never really a fan of her. A, a, yeah. a, like a great mom, mom. in her, in her, her opinion. opinion. Yeah. Because she knew about the first two, two kids. So. Um, but, um, yeah. Because, um,. And so, but that conversation I had with them was before I even had an opinion on them. That was just, I didn't know who they was, but I just know I had to send them to you. So then, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Well, you, you are so funny. So, <laughs> as we were like, talking, so, we'll have to send them to you. <laughs> so as we started talking, like, uh, my opinion of them wasn't really good because of who your guys' mom had made it seem like, um, but, um, and then like some of the stuff that they were doing, which is now... I completely understand, like, um, it's hard raising teenagers. It's not easy. Because we explained that. Yeah. It, they knew it wasn't easy. Papa was retired for, like, 15 years and went back because he knew he couldn't afford three girls on a retired yeah. salary. Yeah. So that was a sacrifice he had already immediately. Yeah, no, and, and not I, just that, Mom. I talked about in the Ohio episode, which is the episode that just dropped. Um, but I talked about how... Um, the stuff I went through at storefront, I really should have seen a therapist the minute I left. Exactly. That place. Mm-hmm. And I'm those kind of curious. problems, know those issues. Yeah, at storefront? she knew some of them. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I didn't go in detail about she, it she for a while. Yeah. Even my attachment to my first boyfriend was the fact that he was the only person I knew everything I had went through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, what I was gonna say is. Um, so our grandparents inherited a lot of things that no one could have been prepared for to help. Like nobody helped me through until you put me in therapy years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I actually felt really bad for them now because now I back, realized that like we were fucking broken. Broken. And so we ca- we had never we had lived in shelters for like four, four or five, five years, years and then only lived with you for like it was really only like six seven yeah. months with mom yeah. and, then and then going to, to Ohio and never being in therapy and never that and then to understand one of the things that I think that you guys can understand they understand is the reason why it was kind of easier for me because you guys were teenagers and it was hard but not only that. Like you guys said, like visibly, you guys still had the attachment of your mom at least coming around. So you guys still were, mm-hmm. it wasn't like completely broken. But mm-hmm. when you guys moved out of state, that meant your mom was gone. Like yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Now we're dealing with off. abandonment yeah. on mm-hmm. top of our other issues. It didn't really mm-hmm. feel like abandonment because, you know, she No, was when still, we were with you, it didn't yeah, feel like abandonment. she was still but... providing the food. I mean, she wasn't providing any money. Yeah. But she was still providing food for them and like coming around, she would come around, she would, you know, if it was just for one day, she would come with clothes. She would come with It's shoes. actually weird because I have a different perspective on that. I think that when mom left and like we didn't hear from her before we went to Ohio, I personally feel like um, that 
was harder for me than leaving to Ohio because I felt no, no, like no, I, I felt like because I, I was like fuck it she's never coming Shut back that. now like I, I don't have to keep dealing with like is she coming today because waiting by the door because there was no one to call like her and phone then, was off. If you guys off. remember, I didn't fight you guys going to Ohio. I no, was down to no. go because mom abandoning it. We were just wanted to be so like far away from her. Yeah. yeah, she had hurt me so much. I was like. I'm mm-hmm. done with this. Girl. I really wanted to get away to from get her. To get away from her. Like, oh no! I did thought, I think we were gonna stay there? No. No. I thought mm-hmm. she would come get us. Oh, because yes. But yes. I, I was done with her. Oh, I really didn't think she was gonna come get to us. Me, I thought she was coming. To get mm-hmm. her. Yeah. She said she was. She told us to pack our bags. She did on the phone when she when you gave when you told her where we were. Mm-hmm. She called us, told us to pack our bags. Um, and I I just I don't know. So as we were talking, and I knew that Sana was in a depressed stage because of what our conversation was about, but. I mean, I was there for everything. Like, you know, like when Sana made it into that school, like I was so happy. Like I was so mm-hmm. damn excited. Like I was telling her to tell me everything, you know. I was uh, there when st- when Dorothy was telling me that the kid was bullying her. And I was like, oh, you better beat their asses. No. No, I didn't get bullied. I was staff. No, when you was at your school. you With was the locker accident. Yeah. I didn't get bullied. I got Not suspended. Bullied, but- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I'm no. like, wait, I didn't get bullied. Well, no, that's a problem. But I do remember the girl's yeah. name. Her name was Tara. Yeah. And she tried to, she was upset. She attempted. Yeah. And we got in a fight and I got suspended in yeah. Ohio, which was not okay. And then, um, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, that, like, I forget. listening mm-hmm. to the wonderful things like you guys, the winter room and uh, Skyline Chili, like, it's, everything sounded, like, great to me. You I know? told you so, I had a sweet 16. Yeah. So like, I was just oh, like, okay. oh, wow. It was know? definitely the most stable we had been since 40, I mean, since Spring Valley. Yeah. yeah. Financially. Financially. Because yeah. Spring Valley, we, we, we never talk about our parents being like, we only talk about one season of mom being broke, but in the three, four years that we lived there, it was an it felt normal childhood. Like yeah. I would be on my razor scooter. I would and, high, play, yeah. and it felt normal, I guess, whatever that is, because our new our normal is not normal. normal, but it felt like, okay, we don't have to worry about where we're gonna sleep tonight, food, mm-hmm. rent. Because yeah. at that time, like, and that's why I said it's so happy it's good that mom's on the podcast because um at that time it wasn't like Sharana was responsible for taking care of us when we left. Yeah. Mom was sti- that was the reason why we left because yeah. our mom stopped, you know, showing up. Yeah. But at that time, like um, when we got to Cincinnati, I felt like you didn't have to parent. No, and that felt good that anymore. Was the one part where I was definitely like happy so, and secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I wasn't. Um. So then it was after. So. To me, I didn't. To be honest, like yes, I had an opinion on them, but I couldn't really have an opinion on them because all the good stuff you guys were telling me, like you was like, "Mom, we're going swimming." Like I was getting pictures. Like it was still like, you know, like the co-parent thing. Like I wasn't really tripping because you know it was like the summertime and, you know, summer. It went from summer to winter to you guys being in school and everything. And I was just like, "All right." So and I was still, you know, I was young, so it didn't matter to me. Like I was just like, "Shit." Like, you started not getting used to the idea of us living there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, um, what happened was, you know, um, it was just, then it was just me and my sister and I had my foster care license. So I was just like, you know, I should just start doing foster. Um, because I had got used to being a parent and, um, I told Trinisha, I was like, this is fun. And she was like, a little bit. And then I was just like, (laughs) only person she, well, she told me I only miss Dorothy. 
And I was just like, oh, all right. It's <laughs> funny. Whatever. And I argued with her. Yeah. Sarah was headstrong. And Stephanie really was in the background. Like, she she was un more or less under me. Yeah. Like, wherever I was at is where Stephanie mm -hmm. was at. Basically. Sana was headstrong. She I was all around life. the place. She was flying. Sana wanted to be an adult so bad that she knew. I told her she couldn't go. So she was, uh, she knew. I told her she couldn't go this far. She couldn't go. She was used to taking care of herself, so she thought she can get on the trolley and go. Which is to. exactly why I think that when we came back to Ohio from California, I don't know. It's on, and you stop me if I'm wrong. I think when you thought we were coming back to Sharana, I, th I think you thought like, okay, I'm gonna stay a monarch. I'm gonna be, you know, be independent again. Yeah, no. Because honestly, the problems that were happening in Ohio happened. Mm -hmm. in california and i remember the conversation mom's talking about when she said i called her and i told her about the three and three i told her i was like i'm about to get emancipated like i was mm -hmm. considering emancipation so bad because mm -hmm. i was like there's no i could like there's no way i should be living on the street with a mom mm -hmm. like, i might as well just get emancipated right and so then she did things like um the reason um which was weird is that i, I found out that me and Simon was like because she would be like she they had a curfew already but she would just feel like she's an adult if she walked down the hill to my auntie's house and just sat there with them. And I'm just like, she ain't even go nowhere because she know I told her not to get on that trolley. But she just felt like, mm -hmm. or if she sat outside on the green box with the other kids. Mm -hmm. It's that true. Wasn't, now as an adult, I yeah. realized how disrespectful I yeah, was. So, not, not like disrespectful yelling or nothing, no, but like yes. disrespectful to she people's boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was, that's what I was about to say. Well, she you was and Papa did get in the screaming match tonight before we, the week before we left. No, no, no. So yeah. she, but yeah, screaming match because I was like, y'all not listening mm -hmm. to me. But, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I understand like they were drawing boundaries yeah. that I was already crossing with mm -hmm. like our yeah. birth mom. Like I'm like y'all can't tell me where to be. Like I lived on the street for like yeah mm -hmm. three months. Like y'all can't tell. Like I can't even fathom you giving me a curfew. What does that mean? Yeah. I wish we were that open with them because we got there. We didn't tell them nothing. Tell they them barely nothing. knew our life till like yeah. a few years ago. I think that was also on. Yeah. We were kids, so I hate to put anything on us. Mm -hmm. But on us, they did. They had no idea the intensity of what we just we went, went through. through. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm they thinking like know. if they put Daddy in rehab when he was younger in therapy, they would have done it to us. They would have got me help. I they guess they thought that you know what they're not on drugs, so they're far better off than their dad. <laughs> so I kind of um. I kind of knew. Or that. even them not allowing us to have, like, boys around. Mm -hmm. It was like, I just lived in a shelter for nine months where boys slept across the hall from me. Right. In the same room. So, if so I didn't care about it then. Why, why are you going to tell me I can't well, have, like, a she was. friend she was a boy? She was, she tested I was a boundary breaker. breaker. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, if curfew, if I told her, you need to be in this house at eight because I wanted them to sleep by nine because they had school, she would literally come in that house at about 8.51, like, just to see what I was gonna do. Eight oh one, eight oh two, anything yeah. but what eight. Yeah, anything but eight. She wouldn't. I mean, seven fifty nine. She'll be in there. But anything <laughs> I'm but just eight. At Stephanie, because Stephanie used to just look at me like I still, I still don't get you sometimes. She was right. looking at me like, what's wrong with <coughs> like, you? It's not that right. serious. By the time she, <laughs> yeah, by the time she walked into the house, the other two are showered. They be and ate their dinner and they just watching TV. So Stephanie would look at her like, really. Cause she was about, and I knew where she was. Cause all I had to do was look out outside on the patio, and I would look. And if she wasn't on that green box, she was at my auntie's house. So then, um, it um, when they got to Ohio, everything that Simon was doing, 
already knew it was gonna happen because she was testing my boundaries but yeah, i was just was like prior you know mm-hmm. so that's she, why i hate that my grandparents she, thought that they failed because really i was, hate that they feel, and they just because told us there that. was nothing they could have done like there's literally nothing they could have done differently like even and we'll go into this when you get there mom um because i um after this of course you're gonna start we're just gonna start talking about random stuff that happened but um i had to even tell them like my mom had to put me out to like shake me up. Like I was getting to the point where I was crossing the line with her. Oh, well, we'll get there. But <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell them what happened. But um, but so because they yeah. thought that like damn like there was something I put them did. in that shelter behavioral home whatever the yeah, fuck it was behavioral and home. behavioral home, um and like that I think that fucked them up more than anything because mm-hmm. they thought that like they failed. Until we recently came back and told them, like, no, there was more, there was more tragedy and triumph, like, that was happening. Like, we've all got put out. Even Stephanie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, with Trinisha's house when her, when she was staying here for a little bit, her mom got into a thing and you moved in with Trinisha. But I was an adult. No, I'm saying, but like, we've all, like, I think no grandmother or grandpa wants to feel like I put them in a bad spot. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I just feel like there, we agree now that there was no other way they could have went about it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so we, we had to, yeah, when I, got, I had to okay, figure it out my so, own. Um, and what they didn't realize or they didn't know is every time something was happening, I was disciplined and found on the phone. So she'd be on the phone crying because Everything that they were telling me, I'm like, what the fuck you mean you're not going to school? Get your ass up and go to school. That's not, like, I was always on the phone disciplining her. Like, I didn't have nothing to discipline Stephanie about because I told her, I said, you need to explain to them that how bad your period is. But Sana would get on the phone and tell me what's going on, and I was disciplining her. And no, and she would always be like, no, mom, da 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 no. I said, don't disrespect them. So then, the day when this happened, when I got the phone call, it was fine with me because Tammy had already told me that it was okay to file them on my taxes because she just like you know you have helped me just file them so i have filed them on taxes and anytime i like anytime i filed them on taxes like i took care of them so i had money and i put the money away because i didn't know what to do with it and um normally people would buy a car but i didn't know what to do with it so i just put the money away so i got the phone call and it was the um the place where they're at they're like we're like a something the thing that made me mad in the beginning because they didn't tell me it was like a behavior home. The first thing they told me was like, we're a teen. The people on the phone was like, it was Basically a teen shelter. Basically, it was like a teen shelter. So, uh, Sana gets on the phone and Sana's crying, 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 crying. Something I'm not used to. And so I'm like, wait, what is going on? And she's like, mom, mom, can you come get us? And I'm like, and she's just crying, crying, crying. So then I said, give Stephanie the phone because I can hear Stephanie talking, crying, but she's not hysterical like Stephanie. So Stephanie gets on the phone and she tells me what happened that day. And I said, shit. And then I was like, well, where are you guys? She said, well, Grandma and Grandpa dropped us off here and told us that, um, you know, uh, they can't do it. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, oh, man. So then I said, let me speak to an adult. So when I'm on the phone with the adult, like, I start crying because I said, you cannot send them back to a shelter. I, If they would have told me it was a behavior home, I would have understood it more, but not a shelter. No, because I think what they were trying to say is... If you don't take them, they'll go into the and, and their yeah. parent, mm-hmm. grandparents can't figure out a way to keep them. Yeah. They'll mm-hmm. go into the system. Mm-hmm. So I was, that's what made it so like yeah. so <laughs> emotional. Yeah. So right when they were on the phone, um, I said, No, I got the money, I'll send for them. 
And then it was like, because um, now this is one of my reasons why my kids know what I want to do eventually. And this is one of the reasons why I want to make the foster care system everywhere else, just like California, because this should not be happening. So they were just like, well, we don't have money. And I was like, what you mean? I said, don't worry about it. I'll send for them. So they're letting me know basically that if they go into the system, their system is one of the worst systems. It's in a bad shape. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's in a really bad shape. And that Which lets me know that that wasn't a shelter because... Like, they would have put us in a system. They, no, on top, they would put you guys in the system. And then on top of that, um, was about to say... Um, if it was the actual system, they would have paid for transportation. Yeah. No. No. In Ohio. But you know what Auntie Sherry said? She said that grandma and grandpa put them, you guys, in there as a scare tactic. No, I know. Because they were trying now to. Looking it's back like at cool, it, beds. cool beds. Cool beds in San Diego is yeah. a place where you send yeah. your kids, kids to, to calm, calm down. down. Yeah. <laughs> And now that I heard, we don't have it no more. But oh, that's wow, that's funny. Yeah, they got rid of it. Which, yeah, which is back. Kids need that. Yeah, they do need Sometimes that. Sometimes they just need a break. Yeah. But no, now that I'm looking back at it, I feel like our grandparents' intention in putting us in there was to scare us like a, like we really want to take care Not of knowing them. it would be traumatic. Not knowing it would be a trigger for us. Yeah. And um, um, our mom got the phone call and all she hears is this lady saying, if you don't take them, they're going to put Oh, them it's in important to mention that I wasn't in there. No, Dorothy no. wasn't there. I was so with my grandma. So, this is what happened. So, this was all in a day. All this happened in a day. So, um, when they found out that I can do it, they started up the court papers. Now, that she calls me on the phone, and I, um, uh, my cousin was actually one of my bosses at work. So, I told her I needed the rest of the day off because they were going to call me back. And when they got, basically, it was like a round table. So, um, you guys' cousin from your your grandparents' side yeah. was there. Mm -hmm. She was there. Your your grandma and, and your this, grandpa. I kind of blanked this out. I only and have then, like um, small memories. And of this. then the mm -hmm. um the county recorder who was writing everything because I did have the paperwork, which I think if I look in my downstairs, I could probably get it. Um, and uh, the county reporter was there, and then the people from the the little place that y'all was in was there, and then you two were there. And then um, so everybody started talking, and I told them. I said, the thing that makes me mad about the situation that came out of my mouth is I told them that they were not getting little kids and that these were teenagers, so you're going to have to deal with the teenager thing. And I said, that's re-traumatizing them, putting them in a shelter. I said, I don't like that. And these were my exact words. And I said, that makes me very upset that that even happened. And I said, I understand teenagers are hard, but you don't abandon it. So this probably what is in the paperwork, what made them mad. But this is just me being angry because both my kids don't call me on the phone crying, especially Sana, one of the strongest one is basically having an anxiety attack on the phone. So I'm just like, I will take them back. And then the, um, the grandma said, no, we want to keep Dorothy. She's fine. And I said, no. Which that's actually um, not what she told me. So no, I'm telling you exactly what was said. So she was like, I said, no, they come in a package. And I said, wait, hold on. So while we were on the phone, Dorothy calls me and she's asking me where her sisters are at. I said, I'm dealing with everything right now. And she's like, I'll go break my penny bag or something that she had because I'm going with my sisters. <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah. I don't know. You know no, because yeah. I remember grandma picking me up from school and me asking her where you guys were at. And she told me, she, she did tell me the truth. She said that you guys were in like a behavioral center and then and then i uh, she what she said was is i want you to stay but i know that you won't 
And, and she, I still couldn't understand what was going no, but on. But in that meeting, she was fighting for you. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. sense. And honestly, yeah. I believe if yeah. grandma yeah. said mm-hmm. that. No, I believe that. I'm saying. At this point, she's upset with so, both, both of us. So I told yeah. you. What's crazy for me is that I wasn't even CC'd on that conversation because I has I was definitely already talking for myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I wish I would have been in the conversation because that is the moment I would have been like, I don't want to leave, but I will leave as long as I can still see you guys. Yes, I would have said that, and that could have because created. this would have cured everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't have taken ten years to, to reconnect with to them. reconnect with them. Yeah, and then you was like, "Well, I'm good. I'm good." I said, "No, you guys are a package deal." But the only reason why I always said that is because that is what your mom has said. So that always stuck with and me. She, and we said that through all the packages. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, even with me and Trenisha being adopted, that is what my mom has always said. Mm-hmm. If you have nobody else, you have your sister. Mm-hmm. So then I told him, I said, "No, I'm." She, I'm sending for all three. And then she would just like, and I would just like, I, I said, needless to say, I said, I want all three and I want them. So then I was just like, so then they were talking. And then my whole thing is, is <clears throat> I never said anything about their parenting skills. The only thing is I said, having, they have to understand that having teenagers is the hardest thing ever. It's not easy. And so then, um, the, and it's fair to say that mom, and, you went through some struggles. With yeah. Too. I'm not saying that. So then Tish, uh, Trish, uh, mm-hmm. oh, well, y'all, I'm not saying no names. But yeah, she was just like, no, I fully understand what she's saying. And then I was just like, so then um, the grandpa, I guess your grandma was mad at me already. She wasn't talking, which she really reminded me of Dorothy, period. I think from her perspective, though, how hurtful it had to be to find out your kids are in a shelter. You fly them out there to raise them. You realize you can't raise them. And then you have to re-embarrass yourself because out there in their their family, we're learning that like, like perception is everything everything. so then to have them raised by a stranger is kind of like because no one out there was going to understand us going back to to a stranger they're they're just not and i don't think even mom if your family was put in that situation you guys don't even understand what's happening with one of our cousin's son and where he's living with a stranger you guys feel that way about him Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like everyone's feeling exactly it hurts so now looking at it from that perspective i'm not the my whole thing is is to be perfectly honest, like I was angry with them at that instinct. I wasn't angry with them, like why, mm-hmm. like and, like the reason behind everything. And everybody makes it seem like uh, I've always had a grudge towards them. No, I never really got to know them. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And as an That's adult, fair. and let's keep it real, I'm 25, 26. I don't care to get to know you guys because I don't know who you are. But we, everybody's keep on saying, so why didn't you guys get to know? Because because. We could have kept it cordial. Like, they could have been helping us in our time of need. And we could have, like, things could have been cordial. But the only thing that I was told was it's to send for them, get them back, and get them I don't stable. think that they would have so, wanted to help in their time of need. Because knowing how our hug strung our grandma, she's going to be like, well, I remember, send them back. And Stephanie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I remember in that meeting, I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was the county. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a behavioral specialist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it came from our grandma or our cousin. But I remember someone saying to our adopted mom... If you take them, you can't ask for financial assistance. I remember. And I say, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, that was already written in. I think, wait, and let's talk about reflection since we're since we're we're talking now. I think we all agree in some sort that the Ohio situation should have been done differently. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. For a lot because of reasons. it shouldn't have taken them until I got married to come to California. California. We shouldn't have to try to relearn them at eighty. 
seven. Like, I think there should have been some agreement. Like Sana even mentioned, maybe we stay, we live there and we come home on the summers to California to learn how to and readdress here like, or vice or versa. Vice versa. versa. Could have, they could have sent for us in the summers. Right. And were, I had no, that's my thing is, is like, I had no problem doing that, but I'm 25 years old. You're not no, knowing. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm. I'm not even totally like, and your upbringing wasn't normal, right? Yeah. Right, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing that. And plus, like to me, what my mom taught me is if a person wants to be in your life, they will be in your life because my mom came around. Like that was just the thing that how it was. So I just that's all I thought. You didn't if a person know mm-hmm. to be around, they'll be around. Because I would sneak and call my grandma when I would get like, because I've made it very clear that like. My depression started when we came home because I felt like, fuck, I had my own space. I had like, like it just felt normal again to me. And I was never really close to you around that time. So, and my grandmother at that time was super nurturing to me. Like she felt like my mom in some way. Like she would kiss me and hug me and hold me. So it was hard to go back to a life like, Right when I got back home, I started taking the trolley again, like on my own. So it just felt like we were back in the same tough spot. Not to mention me having this mental complex thinking that Tammy could just pop up at any time. I didn't feel yeah. safe in that way. And because our dad actually started coming back around when we lived on 47. So it just felt mm-hmm. very unsafe. You didn't like the access they had to us. No, I didn't. I Because I, in Ohio, they were too scared to come there because they didn't want to face their parents like they didn't want to face our grandparents and like and that and this is something our viewers are going to hear too because people probably think because we we lead up to ohio like us going there and us mm-hmm. staying there people probably want to know if our parents ever came and got us no, no. they never came but they when called. i ended up running into our mom when we moved back home from california which was hurtful i ended up seeing my dad which land, landed in her and so i think being in ohio i just felt very safe in that way where i just felt like i wasn't gonna be like an adult again like i there well, and, when you guys i mean <clears throat> i completely understand where your grandparents come from because when you guys came back like it was like oh okay now they're my kids so um boundaries were set more or less like and we moved into a bigger apartment mm-hmm. um and then that's when you guys did get like not literally like your own space but it was just you three our own room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, when I became mom, I was older, you know, I was, I was going into my third, like coming into my thirties and plus I found out how fake Late my 20s. friends was. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's a lesson. You were growing up. Yeah. That's I mean, a lesson. There is a lot. You're going to hear this. Like from now that we're in the 47th street, three bedroom apartment, a mm-hmm. lot of coming of age stories. You guys yeah, may agree. Um, you may disagree, which is great. Well, we had a lot of them. So <laughs> a lot of them. Um, what happened was, is my friend's was used to me being reckless. I, it wasn't that I was always reckless, like I always respected myself, but I was the kind of person that had a great personality, so I would bring all the dudes over to them, but I wasn't sleeping with them. They was in this crip stage, so we kicking in with nothing but crips. Like, that's so reckless to me. And um, and you had kids now. Yeah, and so I stopped doing all that. And um, plus, I mean, just as much as like people call me uh immature, I don't let kids drink and smoke around me that's just mm-hmm. not who i am especially not choking and yeah and not even my little cousins like um and these people wanted my little cousins 
to be with us. I'm not gonna I'm not kidding with my little cousin who's about almost the same age as my mm-hmm. my kids yeah. and so she can be talking to grown men. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. Weird. I don't even like grown men talking to my kids. But mm-hmm. you know, the grown men in the hood really protected my kids because of how high I told them to, <laughs> that's true. to um that's hold true. themselves. You know, and that's what I tell people like people was like, How do you raise how did you raise them in the hood? What people need to realize is the hood was the most safest place for us. It was a community. They helped me on when I'm raising my kids inside on the outside, they helped me raise I always knew my kids was gonna be safe these boys that they call gangbangers would make sure my girls was getting home from school safe they make sure wasn't nobody messing with them so these people that they thought of as bad people they didn't know the goodness in them so that was in some sort because i agree with that 50 percent. yeah the hood was safe whereas we had a different experience than people but that's because we we need to make it very clear we were different kids we were were not normal kids who liked the hood shit no you guys were not that we weren't attracted to that so but they, they knew that, that we were different. Knew that. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's why they they were well. Because I don't care. agree I with people know. living. I, I I how like I, there's not a disagreement because if that's, that's all you can afford, that's, that's what I mean. But if you but, but there's some people, people who there for twenty years. Yeah, that's what I don't agree with. Like generational, still no. live there, right? Yeah, it don't make no sense. That's oh, what I'm trying husband. to say. <laughs> Still living there, don't make no sense. It doesn't matter. Got Section Eight still living there, like stuff like that. I agree with in a way. Like we seen the shootouts. That's the part that's not. Those are some stuff I know you wish you could have changed. Yeah, yeah, of course I wish. But I I think it was the best predicament for a young single mother because you did have like a neighborhood. I had access to the trolley. Trolley. I had access to them getting to school. Mm -hmm. I had access to make sure they had groceries. It wasn't no Uber and Lyft around that time. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. I wish at that time, too, because, Mom, I remember you asking us if we wanted to move. I wish I would have told Mom if she could look for a new place. You because did I didn't want to live mm-hmm. back in. I didn't, I, it wasn't, I kind of started warming up to the idea that this is going to be my home, but I did hate the environment. Oh, for sure. Low key. Still always and I mm-hmm. wish that I would have told Mom when she asked us, do you want me to upgrade to a three-bedroom, like, I'd rather us just stay in this two bedroom so that we could look for another place to live, not in this neighborhood anymore. Yeah, because I did give you guys the option, but you know. But I, mean, I understand it was the cheapest. To be perfectly honest, like I'm not. I'm gonna keep it real. It wasn't. We didn't have Section Eight. We didn't have anything like that. It was just rent control. Yeah. Like it didn't go. It wasn't low because we were still paying over a thousand dollars, but it would didn't go over. It didn't mat. It didn't go over twelve hundred. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's affordable because I'm raising them off of my own money. Yeah. Um. Because then at the time my sister got out on her own and she moved. Mm-hmm. And so then it was just me and my kids. Um. And you know we did different things to make sure that they were well taken care of. Um. But I mean, as I start setting boundaries, that start creating problems between me and Sana, because she thought when she got back. She was going back to Monarch, which I told her no. And we only went. We did for a couple months. Yeah. Because you couldn't get us in a Yeah, I had to wait school. for the paperwork to come yeah. through. And then um, I snatched him out and she got angry about that because I felt like, why are we going to be doing stuff like you guys are living in a shelter? You guys need to be regular kids. She was trying to um, shift our mind frame. Yeah, yeah. And so I got them into Gompers and I got Dorothy into O'Farrell. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, um, a lot of things... And I'm gonna say it was it was hard. Um, it was really hard because um, when you're trying to 
go from being just a friend coach to shifting everything to going to a mom. Our relationships shifted. Everything had to switch. And Mm -hmm. from the shift, it caused everything because Sada wants to be a grown up. Like, she wants to go to Monarch. She wants to do her own thing. She wants to do all the things that people's doing to Monarch. Like, going to the the house project, whatever that was. I forgot the name of it, but y'all used to always be at that. That house, project. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. I don't know, but that thing was good. But she, you know, <laughs> it was, it, it she was. got to pay for her own shoes. And I was just like, You don't need none of that because you guys have shoes, you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I tried to go get my, we've landed, I don't know the day, so I'm gonna make it up. We probably landed on Monday, and I went to try to go get my job back at Monarch on Wednesday. Yeah, and our mom shut These that were the down. Things I could not rationalize. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Why are you trying to work? You didn't work in Ohio, like. These were the things I just didn't understand, but then now I realize that Sana was just in a stage at that moment. Not stage. I was like, I had already raised myself. I was like, I didn't understand like not working. Like even in Ohio, not working, having to ask somebody for money. I was like, what? Like, well, it's not like I ever had a job. So I just felt like, Mm -hmm. I felt like at that moment, like, um, because mom talks, mom talks a lot about her fear of us going to Ohio, just not being put back in a stage that would re-traumatize us. Grandma talks about her fear when we go home to Ohio of not letting us struggle again. Yeah. So I felt like it, and it wasn't like Sharana was putting us in a position to struggle, but you definitely, she not, was a single mom. No, exactly. She was a single so mom, that came but it struggle. wasn't, but, but yeah, that was a struggle, but I'm saying like you trying to go get a job made it at like 14 yeah made it like well like let's just say they were in our life and we created a relationship with them they would why be like well why did she have a job yeah you know what i mean trying to do i wanted one exactly I, that's yeah. what i'm trying to say that's why i'm like i hate that they thought it was their fault because like i did that same sh- with sharana and no yeah she, she mm-hmm. like she i did that same and she never thought it was her fault mm-hmm. she, like she understood but they don't they don't come from that world so yeah. they couldn't understand like why I would yeah. want they don't they couldn't even understand why a single woman at 25 would want three like, kids. who does that who wants three kids that they're I, not I, related I, to really a different person mm-hmm. yeah but no I think that the reason why I started doing the therapy thing is because um like um you Sana started doing reckless stuff and Dorothy started doing stuff that I just wasn't used to. Like she was beating up everybody at her school, and I'm just like, wait, hold on. Which I went. I really don't know why I went to O'Farrell because that uh, wasn't a good choice for yeah, me. Yeah. To have to get up and take. Well, I a, said that she wished she would have redid that different. Like well, the reason for me, why we went to the Gompers is because she was complaining, like about wearing that whole skirt thing. Like Dorothy was going crazy. I about having to wear that skirt in well that's because Dorothy was an individual since she was yeah born. I think that like so we all talk about certain things that re-traumatize us Sana said it's food for her like it equates to homelessness certain homeless food. food Stephanie for you Poor I think it's food. like that's when you're thought. not up to par where you feel like your hair is not done it's and all that things. it's physical mm-hmm. for me I don't care if my car breaks down a hundred times I'm not getting on the trolley yeah because I feel like I used to have to take the trolley at 10 which is unnormal alone so when i moved back i'm like wait i gotta go to a pharaoh and i gotta take the trolley the trolley that i hate like so i just wish i would have i feel like i would have been a lot happier if i would have went to up to up the street Mm -hmm. like i felt so because i was like stephanie brings up a lot like i'm a lot younger than my sister so i was never really on the same balance with school Mm -hmm. like they were either in high school i mean middle school when i was in elementary if they were in middle school you know high school i was in middle school i think that's why you said things got better when you were in high school because you were walking to school yeah i was like walking to school it felt like a little bit normal to me Mm -hmm. like i hate i like for me because 
like like we said like when we moved home we had to get back on that independent shit because she was a single mom so mom had told me like you got to get up early you got to take the trolley you got to get to school and I felt like I was back raising myself in a way like in a way where I felt like I had to you knew you had a parent but you were just like yeah like you hated that independent thing I hated it like um because I never got to have the life like I had briefly in Ohio where I felt like I got to be a kid that was like the first time because not even even with mom like our real mom our birth mom like i never was able to be a kid well that makes sense too especially from the fact that when we felt like we had a normalcy like as far as i don't remember it spring valley she was still very she was very i don't remember that was like her first so when i was like at when i was at john p parker and I started really like getting into the idea of running and I started like going to track practice a little bit and trying to figure that out or we did like the plays and stuff. That was my first time being a kid. Yeah. Like not and like granny being outside waiting for me to get out of school, not me having to like hop on a trolley for Monarch. And at this point, wait, are you in elementary still? Mm-hmm. I'm it's like early middle out there it's elementary so but that it's middle was basically our lapressa days like no we, yeah, you know that. what I mean like that was our normalcy when we were in lapressa elementary lapressa middle mm-hmm. we those so when we landed and we went back to monarch I was like back like downtown San Diego yeah, and which it's is just, why I think you wanted to get us out of monarch I think mm-hmm. a lot of my trauma from the San Diego years is really just because I did not have the same life Stephanie and Sana had in the beginning of their life. Like, they had... You missed your whole childhood. I missed my whole childhood. Yeah, me and Stephanie have at least been through And I think that's why I still think, like, in my head, I'm 27. Uh, well, physically, I'm 27, but I feel 35. Like, I feel, like... Older. Older. Like... I mean, in a way where I just don't even want to entertain shit that I should entertain. Like, a lot of people at my age were sneaking into the club at 18. I never... I went to the club at the time I was supposed to go to the club. You did. At 21. (laughs) I turned 21. That was the first time I had been in the club. Which is a good thing because I slowed down a little bit. Like, you know, once I I got more structure with mom and we got to know each other, I do feel like I had a normal life. Like, whatever normal is. Like, I had better experiences than you guys had in high school for sure mm-hmm. oh hands down for sure mm-hmm. oh for sure for sure Your high school experience was but i think that psychologically was too late in I some like ways when i seen dorothy the happiest is when um when i start seeing her happiness and her come out of her shell is when uh which they need still to do is when lincoln had the summer bridge program like all of a sudden i start seeing like somebody i thought i never like she was like i'm gonna be asb president i'm gonna do this like and she, she was started in there and, like she started saying yeah she started doing stuff and i'm just like oh wow she was happy to get up in the morning like i didn't mm-hmm. even have to wake her up like she was up right on her well. way mm-hmm. at the summer bridge program like and i'm just like oh okay so you know mm-hmm. she started setting stuff but then after that that's when I mean, it was, and like she said, like, I started noticing that you guys did start feeling like your parents, your birth parents had too much access. And so that's why I decided to get counseling because I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon started doing stuff that was where she had to get put out um, because she came in and she was mad because I had said something. So she decided that she was going to take everything and knock it off my whole table. Like, mm-hmm. and I look like, oh, no, this bitch mm-hmm. didn't. She just not. Threw everything off the table and slammed the door. I called my mom and my mom was just like, oh, no, uh-uh. I'm coming to get her right now. So it wasn't that I had put her out. I called my mom, Venti, and she said, I'm coming and to get her right now. And this is how boundary crossing I am. She calls my granny to come get me. 
And I was like, I'll take the trolley. And I left. And then she got I cursed took the trolley again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I was. Mom, she, and yeah. our, our adopted moms. Yeah, mother. my mom. Mm-hmm. So she takes the trolley, not even telling us. Mm-mm. So I call my mom and I tell her she took the trolley. And she said, oh, this bitch is playing games. And so well, she met me at the trolley And she met station. her at, yeah. So she was already there. And so with her, that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody does need, like, that support system. At the time when my, my mom was raising kids, she was my support system because we were going through the same thing. Because sometimes my little cousins got put out and was over there with us. So, you know, and it, it, it just, it does, it really took a village. And sometimes I would just put Sana out, who decided to cross boundaries all the time, and send her down the hill to my aunt's house mm-hmm. because my auntie mm-hmm. did live down the hill. But it was a lot, you know, and it but was... The, but it's important, and I just want to mention, and I I love that you're saying this, Mom, but it's just important to mention that the same issues I had in Ohio, I had in California. She did. I, yeah, I never really got help until I went to therapy. Right. And then after that, I kind of understood that I didn't know how to express myself. So, um... And I did figure out how to express myself through writing, but I couldn't vocalize that. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't come to my mom and be like, hey, can you put me in this? Because this makes me feel better. It's weird, mm-hmm. though, too, though, because, like, and mom mentions how she was, like, young and parenting. And so she was learning it by the hour. It felt like with yeah, all of us. I wish we wouldn't have sent Sana away, though, because then I felt really depressed around that time. Because I'm like, we're separated. Like, we're mm-hmm. not. Together. Like, we so moved back like, to California. Sana's like, gone. Stephanie's older. She has a boyfriend. So I'm like... We're still not together. Yeah. Yeah. So I just felt like at that time, I wish we would have just figured it out. Like been in therapy or just like got us to therapy earlier or something. Because around that time, I was just like, nothing has changed. If anything got worse. Because Sana is with mom's mom. Like, you know what I mean? She's over there. Stephanie has friends. So she's with her boyfriend or her friend. And like... I still took a long time, and I, I mentioned this a lot, that it takes me a long time to get close to people, and I still felt, like, so far away mentally mm-hmm. from people. Mm-hmm. And Trenisha had already moved out, so you mm-hmm. didn't yeah, have so you're really, really alone. <clears throat> and that was your homie. Right. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we were going through it, like, in a nutshell. Like, it was a lot. And then, I, not only that, I was dealing with all these issues of fighting myself and fighting mm-hmm. my family and fighting fake friends like you know I had because mom how did your family feel about us coming back because I know some of them weren't um, happy they weren't happy but it was my decision because I did pay for you guys to come back it was my decision and at that mm-hmm. point I didn't care I had a cousin that now um she lives out of state but she was my boss at my job and she told me to do whatever makes me happy so when I when she said that I just did what I needed to do would you say mom that's when your personality because you are like that now would you say that's where it started because now yeah, I think she that, is one of those people like if it's we fight with her too about certain things she's like it's we my like, decision we don't want you to do that and she'd be and like, she's it's like it's my it's my decision. decision yeah and i think it came from there because before i would listen to everybody else and it is it, just the fact is you need to do what makes you happy because if you don't you're gonna live with a whole bunch of regrets and i i was tired of living with regrets and i completely understand where my mom was coming from because she you know she I, like if y'all decided y'all was gonna bring some kids in like i kind of look sideways but i do let you do what you need to do but it's just like you know, I understand where she's coming from. Like, girl, you ain't even lived your life. Like, you know, so things of that story. And with my family, like, I understand they didn't have to do it in such a negative way. But it did happen that way. But I do understand where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my friends. It, it. Well, I thought they were my friends. But it was the stuff that they were saying about me. Like, you know, 
when we I'm sitting all around all them because I'm thinking they're my friends and we're basically at their house and one of them like their mom like and I still see her kids to this day um not out here um she tells me um well I don't know why you sitting over here thinking you all that when you're stealing people's kids and I'm just like wait, <laughs> yeah, that what? Did happen. <laughs> what? what like how do I say how do I steal somebody's kids you took their kids and da 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 and da 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 I'm just like if I stole somebody's kids I would be in jail then <laughs> so then I knew I stopped kicking in with them like all together because that was fucking with my mental because I'm just like I didn't steal nobody's kids like you know I was already feeling bad because people was making me feel bad because yeah. I had took them alone then that happened and then they got to the point where um it definitely felt uh, like that too like in it is important and this goes to people who were being judgmental or people who had anything to say um it's important to know that because I remember I remember one of your old associates said something very nasty about us and Stephanie and Sana weren't there but she was in the house waiting on mom and it was about us being there like um, I think I remember this um and it's important to realize What'd that she basically said like she doesn't know why we're back like it's stupid we're ruining mom's life because she was young mm -hmm. and so it's i think her her words had more power than i thought they did because it really shifted my mood on being there like so yeah. like no one wanted us back yeah and so yeah. and then now we're here right and like yeah. now no, you're forcing no. me and not not forcing i shouldn't use that word but now you want me to hang out with people i know they don't even want us like, here it's, it's like we just came from a place where Yes, it was like we said it was overwhelming how much they wanted us there, but we came from a place where people wanted us. Now we're in a place where the only, the only people person that wants us is our mom. And she's off working 13, 14 hours uh, to take care of us. So, I, like, it's important that if you don't agree with someone's plans on fostering children or adopting children, you get remove yourself from their life mm -hmm. because you don't realize it, but you make it hard on the child. You don't make them feel comfortable. Because it's important to know, and mom, you know this because you, you were adopted too. But one of the biggest things that kids who are adopted or fostered or abandoned struggle with is they struggle with the fact that their birth parents don't love them. Mm -hmm. You grow up thinking there's something wrong with you mm -hmm. because this person didn't fight to keep you. Mm -hmm. And so to then to go into another situation where nobody wants you there mm -hmm. except for one person and you visibly we visibly saw our mom fighting every day mm -hmm. to financially provide for mm -hmm. us yeah so we're already feeling like a burden right we didn't need everybody exactly. else telling exactly. us exactly and that's how i felt like at, at that point can we honestly say that besides our friends and the exception of a few people almost everyone except made us feel family members. because a lot of them made us feel like we were burdens when yeah. we came back for years and then they did the thing um i think this is when my mind changed because um i had stopped working and then they did the thing where um they put me on craigslist because <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. they were angry with me because i didn't want to um kick it with them no more and it was just because they were messing with my mental now these are your friends that did these that. were mm -hmm. my uh -huh. so-called <clears throat> so mm -hmm. friends people that so-called my friends now they were never my friends and we um, talk about um just because i want to touch on that mom because you did put up with a lot of bullshit yeah yeah but, um we talk about a lot about some of the things our mom did not well because she was young, yeah. right? But there's a lot of things she did right. Like, yes. she never, people thought like, oh, our mom, our mom never dated around us. No. no. She never brought random men around mm -hmm. us that she was dating. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. if we met one man mm -hmm. as teenagers and she had dated him for three years mm -hmm. yeah. on the low. And part of his problem was that she was dating him 
on the low yeah. and she didn't even let us meet him until i was 18 mm-hmm. yeah. and it, also dorothy was the only that was like one of the biggest things that i don't even know how you already had that mental mm-hmm. i don't even know how you had that mentality to know that that was the right thing to do well, but I she didn't even date in front mom. of us yeah she got rid of her toxic friends, friends mm-hmm. because of the inappropriate things they were trying to do around us yeah um i think it's important to note too as we're getting ready to close out we should all say something and let mom finish mm-hmm. um finish it out I think it's important to note that mom got judged unfairly. We talk a yeah. lot about t- our birth mom being judged, judged unfairly, but we don't talk about enough about how Sharana got judged unfairly. I know for me, I grew up, we grew up in Southeast and we danced in bomb squad. And a lot of those mothers, when we came back to live here permanently, had a lot to say about mom. They said that we would be teenage mothers. mothers. We, um, we would, you know, get products of your product of our environment and a lot of these things. And this is not, this is what I'm about to say is not disrespect to anyone or anyone who's going through anything. But all of the women who said those things, their children's in the, a lot of them ended up on drugs. A lot of them ended up pregnant young. A lot of them ended up not going to college. A lot of them ended up in really bad spots. So, you know what? It's important not to judge because judgment and those words have power. Mm -hmm. You may be afflicting that curse into your own household. Exactly. Um, this is one thing that a lot of people say, and even our birth side says, how the fuck did we change the narrative so well when oh the, we got God. with the cards that we so were dealt? So when I used right. to do foster care events where I would speak and like mm-hmm. do poetry, they'd be like, how did you make it mm-hmm. out of that? Yeah. How mm-hmm. are you still? And I was like, you don't understand. Like, no I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Our our mom, and one thing I love about you, because I preach this to all my friends who are moms, who are young, mm-hmm. and I tell them, be honest with your kids about your failures. Oh, mm-hmm. Do so not hide them mm-hmm. from your yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. I attribute the fact that we aren't teenage mothers to our mom telling us every single thing she went through in that you just being so transparent with us. Yeah. It helped in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It also helped because we did we came from a lot of traumatizing things. Mm-hmm. But there were kids we grew up with. There were kids we grew up with who went through traumatizing things and they still became teenage mothers. It didn't yeah. stop them. No. So, and, and and that's why and to my former foster youth who are listening, this is specifically for you, because we're technically former foster youth yeah. at the end of the day. Words of the state. Um do not let people plan for you or or tell you just because you've been in a situation that that's what you're going to be it is on you mm-hmm. you are not who you come from and Can where you come to, from yeah please to touch on that like just to finish off that story because this was the point this was the second point where i knew it was just going to be us against the world because after they had put me on craigslist like we didn't know what was going on i was just getting random phone calls so then i kept getting these random phone calls so one of the kids of these people called me and she told me what was going on so it was my kids that helped me get this thing off of there and I said who would do that to somebody so from that day on <clears throat> um Mike well Sana came to me and was like mom um you're not doing much because I wasn't doing anything I wasn't working I decided to be a mom and raise my kids she was like mom just be a foster parent so it was just us me my foster kids and my kids against the world like my family came in and they did help here and there but it was just us and when I figured that out like how to do it and i've always told my kids like because i was so transparent with them i told them the reason why they would get in trouble with me which they only got in like a little bit of trouble here and there because i told them if you knew better you would do better so they Mm -hmm. would keep that in their head Mm -hmm. and they would come in and they would tell me what happened most likely like especially dorothy she would come in she would tell me what happened her and keisha my hard kids they would tell me what happened and i couldn't 
put them on punishment or tell them they're in trouble because they came to me and they told me what happened. So that was kind of relationship that we had. And I just want people to know, like, you have to decide who's going to be your safe person and understand that it's going to be you and them against the world. And everybody else just can't matter at that time. And you're going to make it. And I, and I told them every time somebody would tell me they wouldn't make it, every time a social worker would talk about us, I wouldn't keep that in. I would tell them exactly what was said, even though it would hurt yeah. because it causes you to fight. Mm -hmm. You want to fight. You want to get out there. You want to fight because this ain't you ain't doing all this stuff just for yourself. You're doing it so you can tell the next person your story because another person might be going through the same thing that you're going through. And if you fighting out there, they can know I got this. I, mm -hmm. I got a shot. I got a shot mm -hmm. at this. And I just feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like I always used to tell my mom at first I wanted to be a pediatrician, but because of how she was and what she did for us. Like, I told her I wanted to be a foster parent, so I didn't understand why she didn't believe it. Like, now she does not me becoming an adult. I told her, what do you want to be when you grow up? A foster parent, because I always wanted to help kids that didn't ask to be here. Like, I told everybody. They used to be like, why are you helping them so much? Because they didn't ask to be here. I kind of wish that here. mom would have became a foster parent when we were adults. And I only say this because... I feel like you became a foster parent, and at the time, me and you should have been getting to know each other. Those foster kids were robbing me. Yeah, of yeah, our relationship. Yeah, yeah, they were robbing that's true, me. That's true. Because yeah. when we first moved in, me and mom would start doing things together and start getting mm -hmm. to know each other and stuff like that. But then the foster kids came, mm -hmm. and it was kind of like she had to focus on, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And there was especially one that we had that was a <laughs> hot mess. <laughs> And we Woo! had her for a few years. I'm going to call her Purple Magic. Purple Magic. <laughs> so, you know, I think just to close this out, because um, we'll, you you'll keep toxic people out of your kid's life. That, yes. you got to decide. So, like, I, I want to close it like this, Mom. One regret from, from the time you took us, from mm -hmm. the time we got back from Ohio to the time you raised us to 18. Mm -hmm. um, one regret. Mm -hmm. One regret and one thing that you're proud of. Um, my biggest regret is not following my own intentions. Like in the beginning, like not following my own mindset. That's my biggest regret mm -hmm. is that. And with that being said, that would be moving y'all out of the hood. That mm -hmm. just, you wish you, know, you would have did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my biggest, um, what do you mean? Like something you're proud of, like a proud parent moment. Um, or... proud parent is just everything. Just who you guys have become today. Like, I mean, even with the even the old foster kids that we even had, like they mm -hmm. even reached down to y'all and tell y'all, like the best time of our life was with y'all and with the kids. Just who you guys became because you guys were teaching these foster kids. That's why, like you said, you wish I would have focused on you, but you guys caught, taught them so many lessons, and that just taught me that I raised y'all well, because I'm just mm -hmm. like, we had a racist, mm -hmm. a racist foster kid in our house. Oh, we did. Who, who loves yeah. the ground that I walk on now, and every time she sees me, you know, she got three kids, she hugs me, but that's crazy to me, because I, I know, and just mm -hmm. seeing who you guys have become today, and that's just one of my thing, mm -hmm. biggest things, is just to know the women that you have become today, and that's because I allowed y'all to dream. And now y'all, I told y'all, instead of following your dreams, chase them. And y'all chase y'all dreams until mm -hmm. you decide I'm doing this. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I love that I taught y'all. Don't ever dream. Dream. Yeah. Because if mm -hmm. you don't, 
What else are you going to do? You don't, like, you guys know, and I love that about y'all. Like, y'all going to a job. And if it ain't a fit, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah, do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And you will you will figure it out. Like, we were taught, no, you don't quit a job until you find another one. No, sometimes this is God's way of telling you, you go. Yeah, because yeah. I don't this believe that shit at all. Right. <laughs> so I, I got to go. I got to go. That's the whole thing is I taught y'all to dream because by y'all teaching y'all to dream, y'all found out that. I'm not supposed to work with nobody. I'm supposed to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. And that's taught y'all to be your own boss. And the only reason why I'm saying that is you guys know the struggles that I went through with my job. But I feel like this is God is telling me where to be because I'm helping. Like, I'm learning that as I'm going on that I am still helping these kids. Because when they mm-hmm. see me out in public, they still be like, I listen to what you said. But I feel like this is God's way of telling me it's your turn to dream. So I am. I'm trying to, you know, get out there. You know, this is... This, supposed to be my last semester but you know with my surgery i might have one more but that's okay i'm graduating you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying i'm applying to universities right now so i'm following my dream and that's the thing is these are things that people were scared of me that i wasn't going to be able to do and because i took mm-hmm. you guys on but i'm still showing them it don't matter what time mm-hmm. you finish yeah. Finish. and that's a great place to close and i um i just want to say before i close this out that um like she said, if you feel like it's too late for you, you mm-hmm. it's never too late. I just read that an 88-year-old woman just um, got casted in a show. Yes. Yeah, and she always show. yeah, she always wanted to be an actress and she mm-hmm. just got casted in a show. So Or that Laker that didn't get drafted till like 33. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, He's so from here. He's from San Diego. So mm-hmm. whatever's for you is it's going great. to be for you. Yeah, and so if you that. are uh, you know what one of our good friends that we grew up with and I'm going to say this and as I close it out, she Conchi DM'd me and she said, "How did you start your business? How did you do it? I don't I don't even know where to start." I said, "You talking to me is just starting." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Started. You've yeah. already started. You've already put it into By the universe the that you wanted want to, to yeah. start a business. Yeah. And she said, "Well, how do I? How do I get to the point to even like put it into just into like the universe?" I said, "Why don't you write down <laughs> small goals you want to accomplish yeah. for your business?" And so I said, "You know what? You here's my number, my information. Let's link up. I want to help you start your business because that is that's the people we are, and I think that's, and that's what a we, good nugget for." our mom's episode to mm-hmm. close out on if you see a young mother do not judge her mm-hmm. help her mm-hmm. in any way you can mm-hmm. any knowledge you can dispense because mm-hmm. a lot of the things our mom says she did wrong people could have advised her right but they let just watched her drown and judged mm-hmm. her and she, but the point thing is she always got back up mm-hmm. so thanks mom so thank you guys so much we will be back with another episode next week Um, We love you guys and have a great, safe weekend. Thank you for listening, P3. It's hot.